Why, hello, ladies. Normally, we would do an advertisement for joeshrimpshack.com, which you can still save 15% off using promo code Aquarium Guys at checkout. But today, we're going to be talking about a hot single, Joe Tyson, the owner of Joe Shrimp Shack. Yes, he's single and ready to mingle. Joe is six feet tall, 205 chiseled pounds of pure muscle. He's 43 years of age and has blue, dreamy eyes that burn like sapphires. So if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain and would like your chance at this handsome single, email us at aquariumguyspodcast at gmail.com and maybe you can find yourself a hot Joe. joeshrimpshack.com, always for the ladies. One last thing to mention is please don't forget about Cobalt Aquatic and Reef Flowers Aquascaping Competition. The notes are below. Certainly fill out the form. We'd love you to submit fresh or salt water. Anybody's welcome. You can submit multiple tanks. They're giving out great prizes. Certainly check it out. Let's kick that podcast. Welcome to the Aquarium Guys Podcast with your hosts, Jim Colby and Rob Zolson. guys welcome to the podcast i'm so excited it finally happened jimmy what happened covid can't stop story time three. Oh my god we are so lucky we uh we gotta do it with friends right we we did the first one alone second one was with friends now we got some friends again we're we're never gonna do this without friends in my opinion sounds like your sex life uh, <laughs> it really only. does you know first you did it alone no no that's not COVID. There some friendly. friends it's what not- he doesn't. He doesn't life. really have very many friends. See, that's why he's, his experiences are far and few between. It's it's all <laughs> over. Well, uh, I'm your host, Rob Zolson. I am Jim Colby, and I'm Adam Lashar. He didn't hit his uh, head on the mic. <laughs> I know that's my favorite part of the whole like podcast. The last one. When he leans forward into the microphone and smacks it like just this. dong dong. And Bentley and I are amused that you think we're your friends, right? <laughs> So uh, our our happy acquaintances this e- this evening Fuck nuts and pork is Alexander Williamson from the Secret History Living in Your Aquarium. I got the name right without looking it up. Look at me go. Better than me. And we also have with us Bentley Pesco. I think I said that right from his yeah. you know self titled YouTube channel as well. Hi. I'm <laughs> a man of few words. I got them both right. I got them both right. And then after well, the podcast, man, I, I regret to I regret to burst your bubble, but it's just Hasco. Damn it! I knew it. That's that's why I was laughing because I was so close. <laughs> I knew it was so wrong. Luke, I'm your as father. long as you get the first name right, I really don't care. All right, <laughs> you heard. Before we start, right, we got to go through questions like like normal and uh, reviews. But uh, <laughs> like, Jimmy, yes. I want you to. I want to thank you. Your 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 trade. Kill, kill, kill. Oh, uh, Joe! <laughs> Joe snuck in as well. Hi, hi, Joe. Hey. So Joe can't, you know, he's got to be here to listen to story time. So again, Jimmy, before we start the podcast, I gotta thank you. Yes. So much. Um, we got uh, this beautiful gift. See, your daytime job is uh is bread liaison. Yes. And uh, in Minnesota, we have this wonderful tradition of being really fat. And how we get that fat in the, the holidays is through a potato-based product called Lefsa. For those that haven't tried it, I highly suggest it ordered in. We have a, a popular name brand called Laura's Lefsa, and it is the shit. Now, homemade is always <laughs> slightly you, better. Why did you get it to Ross? Uh, because I love Lefsa. Because you're like six hours away. He's diabetic, and I'm hoping to kill him. Right. It's, that's how I'm going to have my it's fingers and toes. Fat. It's, it's fluffy. Not fat. It's fluffy. <laughs> oh, man. 
anyways, so thank you for the left. So look it up, guys. You can put you know, like butter, sugar, eat it straight. It's just potato cocaine. So uh, thank you for these plastic baggies. <laughs> Of potato cocaine. Potato, potato cocaine. cocaine. I can't wait till the door gets kicked in. Not it's it's Scandinavian <laughs> potato cocaine. Just yes. want to be quite uh, quite frank on that. Um, so tonight we have gathered together, and uh, again we're going to do story time three with you all. We all have stories prepared, um, embarrassing, uh, explicit. So know that you're warned that this is not intended for children. Normally I would put this at the beginning of the podcast, but why not put it here when we're starting the content? So we're going to answer some questions and then get into our traditional uncensored story time even though we're still going to put some some beeps in there we ran out of quacks last last time so uh damn covid you know it's it's expensive man quacks aren't what they used to be as far as the uh first questions and reviews we'll go over the first review it says great show i don't know what the other reviewer is talking about these guys are funny as hell they really know their stuff behind the humor and there is some amazing information for hobbyists novice or experienced people Love the guests as well. Very easy, easy way to pass the time at work. So thank you for that five-star review. I think you're referring to our favorite review, which basically it's a four out of five, and that's how we feel, is that uh, we're, we have some great guests and info on here, but you know our humor is intolerable. So uh, thank you for all that to review. I think the review source is on Apple. Most other platforms don't even allow, to, like, give, allow a space for a user to give a review. So if you don't, if you're not listening on Apple, email us. You know, let us know that we suck or don't. Like, I, I can tell you right here, you suck. Right. I don't even have to email that in. So the next one is a message from Facebook. So he said, "Hi guys, discovered your podcast. Love it. Started to catch up because I'm a little, uh, excuse me, because I'm working on a little shrimp tank right now. I really like the podcast on shrimps. Um, my already existing tank houses a nice little triop." colony and wondered if you'd like to make an episode on triaps, anemia, or other little hardy guys. Love to hear more. Thanks very much. Keep it going. Best wishes from Germany. Wow. Didn't we already do an episode on sea monkeys? We did. We referenced sea monkeys. <laughs> I was there. You were there, I know. It was the best sea monkey episode I've ever you heard. Were there. I just feel like any crustaceans that we have to do besides popular shrimp. I mean, we got Joe. Shout out, uh, buddy, that will unmute himself. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Any other crustaceans we have to go? We got to talk to to Biggs. He's he's the guy that has those crazy giant isopods. And I had a cream for that once. <laughs> yeah, Crap, you have a cream for everything. Dry, <laughs> dry, itchy skin. All right, so let's go to the other questions. We have text message that was sent to us. And again, you guys can find all this contact information. Go to aquariumguyspodcast.com, Bottom of the website, you'll find an email. You'll find a number you can call and text. Leave a voicemail if you so choose. You can go on Facebook, message us there. Uh, we do Twitter, but Jimmy got lazy. So a text message says, Hi, guys. I'm an experienced fish keeper for about 15 years now. I've decided to try and fund my hobby, or at least some of it, through breeding, which I've never attempted. There are so many different options on the internet that can get overwhelming, so I decided to ask you for yours. Uh, long story short, I now have a 55-gallon tank with 10 quarter size angelfish that pair off when these fish pair off i have a place to put them in a 30 gallon high or can i get away with 20 gallon longs also is brine shrimp for fry a must i've heard yes and no i'm trying to make this as simplistic as possible and cost effective so maybe if i'm lucky i can make a couple bucks any tips or tricks would be um, greatly appreciated by the way even if you don't talk about fish i'd probably still listen to you guys you guys are hilarious 
would love to get drunk in a ramble about fish someday. Until then, thanks for what you do from New York. So, Jimmy, you're the one that has a ton of angelfish breeding experience. Yes. So the first question was, uh, tw- 30 high or 20 long? I like the 20 highs, personally, because angelfish get really tall. Uh, as the, your, your breeders get older, they usually last about uh, two and a half, maybe three years for breeding. Uh, and then I usually retire them. But, An individual uh, pair of angels in yeah. a 20 high. Yep, that's what I like. As a minimum. That's what I like. Um, you know, I've been down to breeding angelfish breeding facilities down in Florida, and they use tens, but they have very young pairs in there, and they use that f- pair for like six months, and then they uh, sell them out and start over. Yeah, let me tell you, that's a loose term on ten gallons because they'll use whatever container they can get a hold of that'll that'll hold know, water. That'll hold water. Yeah, I saw a pair in a, in a Mountain Dew bottle. So that that's <laughs> that's rough. Yeah, I know. I hope that's not true. Now. Th- I've tried different tanks and stuff. I personally like the 20-gallon highs, um, especially when you use a 20-gallon long, when they're going up and down in the slate, laying eggs and stuff, it seems that they almost kind of breach the the top of the water. So I personally like a 20-gallon high. Uh, wh- whatever you can afford is uh, best. Uh, I use just basically a sponge filter, a heater, and the way I get my fish to breed once they've paired off is I like to feed uh, frozen bloodworms in the evening. And for some reason, all my fish always uh, breed somewhere between 6 p.m. And, and 10 when I go to bed. And uh, I really like that idea. I've even gotten lazy now, and, and we're putting in uh, some cameras so you can watch the fish breed. So you know when they're done, you can go grab the eggs and, and artificially raise the eggs so they don't eat them. Wonderful. On the second right. question, we know brine shrimp is, can be used for fry, but is there any alternatives that either Bentley or Alex would use for raising young angels? Hamburger helper. No. Um, <laughs> golden pearls, I would say, but I mean, you know, decapsulated baby brine shrimp are going to be your gold standard, in my opinion. But in theory, you could get some Artema at very first and some vinegar eels or, or, or you know, Walther worms or whatever, micro worms, but they kind of fall to the bottom and then the babies lose interest. So, Really something that swims in the water mid-level and uh, has color is, is what, you know, is going to draw their attention the most, in my opinion. Uh, my opinion is that I am going to literally just spout what probably the best angelfish breeder I know has told me, which that's uh, Dean Tweedale, who we always call Master Breeder Dean. They will eat baby brine shrimp and angelfish fry from day one. As soon as they're able to eat food, they will eat baby brine. And nothing grows an angelfish faster and healthier than baby brine. I know lots of people love to like, I want to do a, a flake. I want to get away from brine because it's work. And buying a big tin of eggs is a little expensive. But if you realize how long said tin of eggs is going to last you and yeah. a brine shrimp hatchery or a couple brine shrimp hatcheries made out of like two liter pop bottles, if you just do a little bit of DIY, they'll cost you maybe 5 to $6 a piece of parts and about an hour of your time. If you're handy, it's so worth it in the long run. Like Baby brine is actually not expensive if you realize how much of it you can generate for that one tin of eggs and how far it can go across. Not only just the fry, but it helps trigger the parents to spawn more frequently because it, they think there's lots of small food available so that the babies will be able to eat. They're more likely to spawn if they know food is plentiful. I'll give you one more tip on raising albino 
angelfish. I was about to say the same thing because that's a that's a separate hassle that people don't understand why they're doing anything wrong. Yeah, uh, albino angelfish. The, the, I'm not talking about gold angelfish. I'm talking about albinos with a true pink eye. Uh, their eyesight's so poor, especially that, when they're young. Yeah, especially Com- almost completely blind. And uh, the way to get them to eat a little bit better is to surround that entire tank uh, in black paper to make it as dark as possible so that the, they can see the brine shrimp against that black paper on the outside of their tank. That end, like, say it's like a, like you have a pickle jar. That's what you use. It's a gallon and a half-ish container, and that's where you uh, initially, like, hatch um, baby uh, angelfish. And, you know, if you wrap it around with um, black and then have a light on top, that way the brine shrimp continually go up. And they have a halfway hope to see the brine shrimp. If they can see movement, you're, you're in the game, and they'll they'll eat right away. And the, the thing with, with them, too, their eyesight being so poor, don't really hit them really hard with light because um, that will then uh, really confuse the hell out of them. So you got to find that happy medium of light for them to be able to see the food. But um, that's something that I struggled with for a long, long time. And then once I started doing the black paper around and stuff and the lower lighting, it uh, really helped me quite a bit. Um, the only other tricks is we always make jokes between ourselves that angelfish don't ask heaters for permission and then just, you know, have their way with them. So make sure to position your heater in a way that you're not encouraging them to lay on them. We do not condone heater rape. <laughs> I, I do. You do? Yeah. <laughs> nope. So uh, I always recommend putting it horizontally, a little lower in the tank. I mean, honestly, you shouldn't. There's not a lot of scenarios where you should have your heater, you know, perfectly... Uh, uh, vertical anyway, but don't put it in a place where you're encouraging them to lay eggs on it because they will, yeah. guaranteed. If I have a uh, a hang on the back heater for that particular tank, I'll put two slates around it so they really can't get in there and get at it. And uh, to put two or three slates in a tank, they will find their favorite spot and they will continuously on that same slate in that same position. I th- I think a lot of people breed angels and they think, Yes, I'm going to get rich. These things have so many babies and, you know, they're worth X amount of dollars. And you just remember that whatever you're raising, you're going to get a third to a fourth of the retail value in your market. So know also the stores. Do they want them grown out to adult size? Do they want nickel size? Do they want quarters, silver dollar? And, you know, think statistic or strategically about what's going to be popular three to six months down the road. I know some places that's more applicable than others, but like here, uh, you know, maybe Koi or the Redback Wild Angels and things like that have been very popular or anything with a panda in the name uh, has been popular in all fish species, whereas, uh, and wild stuff, whereas, um, you know, maybe some of the other things like uh, Smoky Blues and things have kind of gone a little less popular lately. So if you know there's anyone in your area, either make sure that you're breeding more of what they are selling too many of too quickly, or you're selling something that they don't already have a source of. So there you go. So that's true for all fish. I know in, in some of Jimmy's stores that he supplies, tiny sells faster than anything bigger. I tell you what, first of all, you can't make any money selling an adult angelfish. You just can't because Florida, I agree. Florida, uh, Steve Rubicki just sitting in his rocking chair going, Wee! Yeah, Steve Rubicki makes money. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just sold a pair for $795 the other day. See, that's that's the only way you can make money right. on a tall angelfish. But to raise an angelfish uh, to an adult, 
Um, I can pick up adults for five to six dollars um, from Florida, and uh, so it makes to me no sense. Um, Adam and I used to go around back and forth and stuff. He always Adam loves to get small fish, raise them up to adulthood, and let them pair off. And I'm all about skipping the middleman and buying adults and letting them pair off. Yeah, uh, so best bang for my buck. And when I when I you're a very impatient person. Uh, you know, you buy I'd buy uh, six boxes of angelfish, and they're packed fifteen. And so you get get uh, ninety adult angelfish, and you put them in three hundred twenty five gallon tanks, and you've got pairs by the end of the week. And you can oh yeah, there. let's just put them in my set of three hundred gallon tanks. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Jimmy. That's, that's right. That's what Jimmy mean. does. Have three or four. What's yeah. wrong with you? Go. You know, when we used to put them, in, we had three hundred gallon vats that we would put them in to to raise them up and stuff. But I tell you what, in thirty years that I raised angelfish, I've never had a problem getting rid of black angelfish. If you can raise blacks. They're continuously, you never see them. I was, I've been at Petco and PetSmarts all summer long. Nobody has a dark fish. I've seen like maybe a couple of marbles. All you see there is koi and silvers. Like pure black. Yeah. If you can do a there good pure go. black fish, um, you can make some money. But if you're going to go out and sell to the pet store, you can expect to get anywhere between 50 to 75 cents for a silver, all the way up to about a buck 50 for a black. And that's what they're going to pay you in cash. And then if they uh, pay you in store credit, that's even worse. For you because they're making money on you twice well to get move on to the next topic just to cover our last pieces so we mentioned steve rubicki he has angels uh angels plus. plus yes uh we talked with him he's one of our earlier guests in one of our first episodes go to that and as far as for the next one we have ron that messages in says i enjoy your podcast you guys occasionally get to the topic <laughs> keep up the good work Wow. That was it. That's all he said. So, And he, he, he sent us to us about six months ago, and so we're occasionally going to get to him. <laughs> no, it's two days, actually. Oh, really? That's pretty good for us. Uh, well, next one. Uh, Peter the Sunfish Guy wants to know do, if we know much about Killies. He says, I'm thinking of getting some, you know what? Nope. I'm going to, you, you want to butcher <laughs> that one there, Jimmy? No. No. Me either. He, he's going to get some fancy killie fish. He's going to get some fancy killie fish eggs, hatch them over Christmas, you know, I'm going to send it to Bentley and uh, Alex, the, the name, and see if uh, they're like, oh, yeah, these ones. Where, where am I looking for? Oh, that's oh. twice the same guy. Hold yeah, on. Where, where, Rob? So that's the... Uh, I'm sending it to private Pepifilius. There you go. <laughs> You're just making shit up now. <laughs> I feel like you need a Latin degree to be a real good... That's not even paper. a... That's even a... So you're doing some real weird, Gilly. Right? I got a I gotta look this thing up. That, Where uh, are you guys seeing this, by the way? I sent you I'm a private like, message directly there, Alex. Oh, okay. That's that, all right. Got it. And I'm now, getting at him right now. It's right below Pornhub.com. There. Look, Alex. <laughs> yes. Not sponsored. I wish they would sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's looking to get some of these eggs to hatch over uh, Christmas. I've read they are best in rainwater at the moment. Am I okay to catch this in a bottle and keep them till I'm ready? Or does rainwater have to be fresh to be best? I'm looking at banana worms and Walter worms as a staple for their diet. Kind regards, the sunfish guy. That's from Peter? That's Peter. Hey, Peter. Peter came into the Discord chat the other day. Did and he? we had a good talk. We, we, we laughed about the story of the uh, pharmacy Ooh, eh, scenario. That was disturbing. That was a great time. For those that didn't listen, you should go, I think, like two episodes back. We, we talked about someone putting fan mail in. I got in trouble at the pharmacy for listening to our podcast. About flower horns. It was a good time. Yes. Anyways, so did we find out what uh, that is? That pretty breathtaking killer fish? It's it's quite pretty. It's lots of orange, a little bit of blue speckling, kind of like almost like a, a red turquoise discus in coloration. Wow. But 
So here's the here's the jam on this thing, right? They're from temporary pools in floodplains. <laughs> so I would argue, because it looks more like an annual Achilles than anything, I'm not going to read too deep and research this on the fly. Have fun three months. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> honestly, go, for- go find go find the Killifish Association. Like it's a they're free to join. They even send you free Killifish when you join. But just if you really want to know, there's going to be somebody that keeps this fish, somebody that breeds this fish, probably several somebodies, and they'll tell you. That's your best answer. Anytime you can find any of those, like like the Live Bear Association, any of those like super focused club or associations, they're going to be your best source for information about like the obscure fish. Like it's a it's an annual killie. Treat it like an annual killie. That would be my only advice to you. And I don't keep killie fish, but you can probably feed it some pretty big food right away because it's a killie. And for those that are listening uh, that are beginners, uh, killifish, they, there's so many different colors and varieties, and so many of them, we, we spoke about being annual fish, they literally have a unique characteristic where you can dry their eggs, keep their eggs on hand for X period of time, Years. Uh, just essentially put them back in water and hatch out live fish. It's like instant mashed potatoes. The reason that for this is in the wild, the, they spawn... Uh, their small puddle pools dry up and they need the species to last until next year. So most of these species that they talk about that are really obscure, bright colors, especially for, uh, I'm pretty sure it's only exclusively to killifish, if I'm not mistaken, I'll, I'll probably learn, learn to eat that later, is a lot of these species only live three months because they're only intended for the summer breed. And then once the winter comes or they dry up, the eggs are maintained throughout that season until next spring. What's really nice about, we're going into winter, uh, we're recording this the first of November. Um, if you go on Aquabid, you can purchase eggs, different eggs from different species, and they ship very well in the cold. Whereas when you're trying to ship live fish, uh, I just got some live fish sent up to me from Florida, um, got delayed, and they all froze out because it's pretty chilly up here. And um, very disappointing for myself plus the, the gentleman that I bought it from. But, um, but the killifish eggs, they'll send them in the mail in an envelope. It would be very... A little bit, uh, hardly any uh, amount of what I'm trying to say. Effort, not effort, but but uh, amount of money spent on shipping. Oh yeah, there's no shipping cost. Yeah, no, no shipping cost. And basically, so, a stamp. They're going to just come in a normal envelope. They're going to be packed lightly. Yeah. It's going to be what three bucks at the post office. And what I would do is I'd go on I'd go on Aquabid and buy some some eggs from somebody. And you know what? You'll develop a friendship with that person you bought those eggs from. They'll give you information on how to breed them or how to hatch them and uh, raise them to adults so and we'll certainly have an episode on killifish in the future we've been trying to find uh, some specialists the thing is that there's so many different varieties so many people keep them in cycles and then categorize eggs it's there's so much to learn about each species that like bentley said the clubs are so invaluable um to start in just because every species has some sort of uh requirement you know age um time of living it's it's an incredible uh genre but there are long-term killies i mean don't don't uh, let this overwhelm you that you're going to get a killie fish and they're only going to last three months there there's others that last years you see people with killie fish too that have like a flat in london or something like a little studio and they have these little rubbermaid one gallon you know and they keep them yeah they basically have you know a wall of shoe boxes and they have a hundred species so they're kind of cool in that and way. Keep in mind, so like the one thing I would go, go to the American Killifish Association, 
aka.org. It's super easy. That's going to help you get information. But more importantly, if you buy eggs of this fish or any of the annual killies, don't try to hatch all the eggs in one go. Talk to the person you got the eggs from. If they tell you, oh, they'll last X period of time, try to hatch them in little batches. That way you don't like accidentally lose them all in one shot. Give yourself multiple attempts at this fish before you get a proper pair raised up and can get your own eggs. Then once you get in that cycle and you get used to it, you're going to be fine. You just be keep breeding them in cycles. You get your own eggs. You'll be able to do whatever you want with that fish. But don't risk the entire batch in your first shot just because of how killies are. Get used to them in small batches at first. Oh, and killie is the Dutch word for ditch. So it means ditch, ditch fish or ditch fish. Say that 10 times fast. So I want to go back to the prior point. Are you telling me not to put all my eggs in one basket? Well, I mean, it's called a hedge in your bed. It's generally smart. Numb nuts. Oh, the bad jokes. You know, when I when I bring in stuff from overseas and stuff, I, I just bought a uh, bag of painted glass fish. Don't scream at me. Quit whining. Why? They they demanded it. If not you, they have other people them. that needed them. So 150 to a bag. I had three tanks, put 50 per tank just in case they didn't do well. Horrible thing to do to fish, by the way. And anyway, um, sold them all. you own a time machine? Jeez. Yeah, sold them all. Yeah, they're, they're still out there, and they, they disappear instantly. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. For those that don't know, we talked about this before in a prior podcast. Glass fish get injected with a needle. Nope. Hand-painted. Oh, these are the hand-painted ones. These are hand-painted, yes. Oh. Yes, and so they, they actually, you'll watch the, the paint flake off after a certain amount of time. Okay. And then they eat it and die. I want my fish tortured. Yeah, so there's there's the two varieties. Buy yourself a flower horn for glass fish because glass <laughs> fish can't be normally tattooed. So they have hand painted and then also injected. The uh, the ones that people think are injected, um, those are the uh, white tetras that are tissue absorbed. They put them in big Easter egg vats, and they actually absorb them through there. So most of them now are not injected because it got to be too time consuming, and they had too much trouble with different diseases. Yeah, they amazingly don't last that long. Anyways, let's get off a depressing subject. So, uh, speaking of depressing subjects, politics. Um, it is now we're recording this <laughs> on November second, and I just, I just want to put out there that 2020 has not been a great year for no. anyone. It has sucked royal shit. We've been stuck inside, dealing with medical conditions, fear, the whole thing, and now it's all coming to the pinnacle where you. Picking between, we're going to be very agnostic about this. Two old guys. Two old guys that are supposed to change the world and won't. What better time to ignore it all and just treat yourselves to a bit of story time? That was good. For people that haven't listened to this before, we've done... Vote Nader. Vote Ralph. <laughs> Don't be a hater. <laughs> Excuse me, it's Kanye 2020, sir. That's, that's what I'm voting That's for. the oh, Ralph sure, Nader of this sense. year. <laughs> Anyways, without getting political... Uh, we got two other episodes that we've done in the past for story time. And what we do is we gather around our virtual fireside and just have a chat. We we have people that uh, message us in the past saying that our anecdotal stories with guests and ourselves have been a lot of fun. And some of our fans have requested we just have an episode of just us telling stories roughly about the hobby or <laughs> outside of it. Some aren't about the hobby. We try to keep it closer to the hobby as much as we can, but... Again, this is uh, having fun. Imagine you're cracking open a beer. You're just bullshitting around a fire. It's story time. No dolphin stories. No dolphins. <laughs> Maybe dolphin stories. No. It's not off the table. But uh, who wants to go first, gentlemen? I'll take it. 
All right. Do it. All you, Alex. Hit us with something great. Well, I just figured, you know, I'll set the bar real low so that <laughs> that way, uh, you know, you guys have to live up to less. I, I thought I'd be kind. I mean, th- uh, thank you for that. You don't want to be right, first. You don't want to be last. Yeah. Thanks for not going for a three pointer right away. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Just do a layup. So uh, I, I used to work in a, an aquarium store. I've actually worked in two in my day. And uh, the most recent one was a very nice aquarium store. Uh, it was actually an aquascaping-based store in Seattle. And it is in the part of town very close to the Children's Hospital. Uh, the Children's Hospital here is is very famous for its care. Uh, they have kids from all over the country being treated for, you know, leukemia and I don't know, what, whatever they treat little kids for. So I was working and it wasn't unheard of to have, um, they, they usually would have like kind of almost like daycare for kids that are in the hospital super long term with various conditions. And so sometimes they would bring them through as like a free aquarium trip kind of thing to the store because they're only about two miles up the road. So they would bring them through this this aquascaped store and just, you know, three or four kids at a time, like real low key. I, I don't think it was it wasn't it wasn't like hey, a field trip full of kids, but they, they'd bring them through the store. And um, one day I was working and I, I kind of saw that that's what was going on. I saw these two parents. They had a camera with them, not just like a phone, but a camera. And they were kind of like, um, you know, taking pictures and kind of huddled up, kind of like. Oh, look at him. Look at, look at our son enjoying this trip. And I could see that the kid had, you know, a hospital bracelet on his wrist and he had, um, no hair. So I was figuring something like childhood leukemia or, you know, something like that. So as you would, I I mean, that's pretty common. Yeah. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to assume or say anything. Uh, it's always a kind of a touchy situation. Like, I mean, obviously just treat him normal. So that's what they want to be treated like, you know, you're in that, that spot where, you look different for a day. You just want to be pretend you're not not dealing with yeah. it. They are people, after all. Uh, you know. So in any case, I was standing there and I'm kind of waiting to see what they're going to do. And, and the kid's gone around to every tank a couple times now. He looks at the big square tank we have, and it happened to be for sale, which was lucky because usually stuff wasn't for sale in there. But the very first thing he says is, "I want this Oscar. Can we get this Oscar?" And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. So I'm thinking in my head, they're setting this kid up an aquarium. Uh, and in my head, I'm like, you know, I don't want to be super negative, but I'm thinking what, what's like an easy setup for the parents, easy fish, uh, peaceful fish. And like, I, I mean, am I an awful person for thinking like uh, maybe it shouldn't be something that lives super long or you have to wait a super long time for it to do something cool? So I was kind of, you know, thinking, uh, I don't know, you know, rainbow fish or angel fish or, uh, I don't know, something pretty. And he picks a full grown Oscar that was there as like a, a rehome. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, yeah, it's for sale, but these guys aren't very nice, bud. Uh, they're, they don't get along with any other fish really. Uh, how big of a tank are we looking for? And the parents are like, he can have whatever he wants. Oh, and one of those like, parents. Oh. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think it was more of a, like, this is serious. Oh, you know like I mean? it's like, like a make a wish thing. Like, exactly. you know, he'll get whatever he wants. 
That's right. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like yeah. mom going into Walmart saying, I'm going to get Saints Row 4 for my kid, and he gets what he wants. <laughs> I like that. No, no, it's not the kid running down the aisle with his arms stretched out and the cereal all knocked down. Right. Because, um, because his child's so sick, he can't run. Like, you, you got the point real quick. <laughs> yeah, arms are gone. So he, he comes in, and, and I, at first I'm like, okay, well, let's look at some other options first. How about that? And he's like, okay. And the kid actually knew, like, the Latin names. This kid's probably nine to 11 i don't know how old not not super young not not a teenager though not a preteen well i guess that is preteen but uh whatever i don't know kids he, he was very big. so you're not uh, he's not a child wrangler you you weren't focused on measuring the child you were just in the moment trying to satisfy a a, a mom that needed I, fish at the moment i'll make a wish program right well i try not to be that creepy all the time so I don't carry a measuring tape for children with children size increments on right. it, you know. Right. Uh so yay big child is in there and and uh I'm like, okay, well, how about these angelfish? We could get you set up with maybe uh and in that store they don't have rimless or anything. So I'm like, Do you guys have a tank? And they're like, It doesn't matter what the cost is. How about like that display tank? This is an ADA rimless tank. With an eight hundred eighty-eight uh, like pendant light, eight hundred dollar light over it, and CO two injection, and I mean just like the works. And so I was like, "Are we going all in with this? I mean, this is probably going to require some parental help, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, you know, we'll pay you guys to come out and set it up. It doesn't matter. Whatever. We don't. Whatever. Okay." So I'm assuming like, this wasn't like a petco. They were like willing to come to a store, get help, maintenance, the whole thing. Right. And so it, that's when that's when I was like, sure that I was like, OK, we're dealing with a kid that, that's going to pass away, probably. Or they're thinking he could. And this is like make a wish because there were sure. like more, there were a couple adults with them, you know, like a nurse of some sort and maybe some make a wish person. I don't know. Rough. Um, and an, another administrator. And, and they were documenting the whole thing, clearly, like taking pictures and little video and pictures of and him being so a dick. The, what do you say? Pictures of him being a dick to this kid. Oh no! <laughs> That's why I didn't get out my measuring tape. I already told right? you. That's he, right. He goes over to the uh, um, garami tank and he's like, "I want to get a male garami." And I was like, "Okay, why don't we go with a female? The powder blues or the honeys? They're really good. We could set you up with uh, the, you know, the ninety um, p tank is what we ended up going with and." And we we squared it away so they had which it's basically like a a forty gallon tank, uh, it, rimless uh, in the end with a stand and everything. I mean, they were going to put probably two thousand dollars into this whole setup when everything was said and done. I would guess Bentley, you think that's about right for Sounds for that pretty fair for ADA? Yeah. So for those of you who you know are used to the Petco dollar per gallon sale, that's not what this was about. Uh, and so working at a store like that, your mindset is in a certain way. And so, um, yeah, just keep that in mind as I, as I finish this off here. So the kid is dead set on it. So I was like, okay, well, that's good. Let's get lots of plants in there then. So, so that we can keep the female or, 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 or so we can keep the female away from the males. We can, can keep littler fish. If you pick littler fish out away from the the garamis and he's like okay whatever and he's just kind of ignoring me the kid and, and i'm like okay well all right he knows what he wants so he goes over and next he wants an angelfish and i was like okay good you know an angelfish we, we can work with this and the next thing he wants are some shrimp 
And I was like, well, who doesn't want shrimp? But, you know, they're going to get eaten. And I try to tell them nicely. I'm like, hey, bud, these are really cool. And, you know, we could stick with small little fish. Nano fish are really cool. Um, we could do a bunch of fish. And, and he's like, no, I want 20 shrimp, um, red ones. And I was like, okay. And so, I mean, in, in my head, too, I was like, wow, this is going to be a big sale. Um, but cool. I mean, that that's that'll look good for me. That's fine. But in my head, this kid's picking out some expensive stuff that's probably, you know, going to get you. It's eaten. what we call uh, expensive treats. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's expensive snacks, $10 snacks, essentially. So then uh, next thing, goes over and picks out a Honduran Red Point cichlid uh, and says, these are cool. And I'm like, okay, bud, yeah, those are great live bears, but... With the angel and the garami, uh, I just I think that maybe we should. And the parents just give me this death glare, like you're denying our son his last wish. They're just sitting there, like, will you shut up, please, and just let us get what he wants? I would be adding on to the sales so much. Yeah, Jimmy, he's he'll just turn off the (laughs) morals and be like, "How about some goldfish? You want a stingray in there? You want uh, (laughs) you want a stingray? Well, you're being a good fish keeper." And, and I was like, do you want to see any of your fish breeding or are we just into watching them or, you know, what do you want? And, and they, everyone's just, it's so dismissive. And I was just, I was like, okay, well, he's a kid. Maybe, I, maybe I'm assuming too much of, of him. And uh, so he, he goes around, he picks out some filler fish, you know, some neon tetras and uh, a few other things that are just kind of like uh, group fish. But then we had, um, it was in the back and it hadn't sold, which was weird because everyone wanted them. But a betta macrostoma, which is the largest betta, and they're very expensive. Aren't those uh, the ones that they commonly use in like illegal wrestle or uh, fighting trades, Jimmy? Correct. Yeah. In fact, shri- like they're more popular than like quote unquote Siamese fighting fish bettas. You I think know, the last one I saw was one uh, that you ordered and it was like what what four bills. Some of us can be really expensive. They were crazy, and they didn't. The one that you got did not look pretty. They're ugly. Usually, like they're just a massive beta, and they love shrimp. So you should have sold them fifty shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so I'm like, all right. Well, hey, bud, this this fish actually gets like probably eight inches long at least, and uh, it's it, it's a really mean fish. It was already probably four inches long. It was a male, and I think the female had died, and that's why. We still had it, and we, had, we were trying to sell them as a pair for a while or something. But the kid looks at me, and, and I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, this fish is actually going to kill your other fish. And he goes, good. Oh, my God. I want them to fight. So and I, the kid flips I on a switch and turns into Lex Luthor? <laughs> well, I just kind of <laughs> stood there, and the parents clearly heard him. And I was like, oh, Okay. And then I started thinking about his choices, and, I, and it all came to me. I was like, this kid is making Thunderdome in the most expensive <laughs> tank possible, and that's exactly what a 10-year-old boy is going to do oh, absolutely. if you tell them they can do anything. So I was like, all right, let's get that Oscar boxed up. You want some uh, bettas too? And so we got a couple bettas for him, and they literally bought the stuff, and, uh, and they headed out. So uh, I, 
Fight I guess Club. <laughs> don't judge a book by its cover. No. And please don't give PETA my contact information. <laughs> <laughs> I also realized what I did, and I wanted to apologize. I did not mean to make fun of a boy of cancer. The Lex Luthor joke was not because he was bald. So... <laughs> It's because he had superpowers. It's because he had superpowers. You guys are such dicks. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I got a couple follow-up questions here. So oh, no, no follow-up. I'm just going through this whole like walkthrough. You're going through. I want some of those. I want some of those. Are you bagging and tagging as you're going through? Or are you just writing this down? No, I, it was more of like a consultation at that store. If it wasn't okay. busy, it was like I was going to round it all up later because I was thought. I thought for sure. Parents are going to step in here when I'm saying very clearly, hey, bud, you know, trying to be nice. Like, sure. let's try to pick something smarter, you know, and I've got that dumb voice on. That um, is the craziest make a wish uh, thing I've ever heard of. Like, yeah, I've heard of like not have been real make a wish or something. Right. Like a <laughs> Ryan like... Reynolds thing pops up. You figure that'd be on a kid's list. But no, Thunderdome in an aquarium. So did you go around I mean, being like, you know what would be great? These things just, when they get hit by some, the scales just spoof all over the place. <laughs> and they're nice and shiny. As, as tempting as it is to, to say that or, or, or to make the story sound like that, like I really did try to be like, hey, you know, that's not how I like to treat fish. Um, I did actually have a moment like that. But in my head, I'm like, is this immoral? What am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know that, what the right thing to do is. That is the perfect impasse. You're sitting there between... Probably cancer child in his last months, days, who knows how long, versus ethical treatment of animal. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's an answer either way, honestly. I, the first thing, yes, there is. You don't sell the fish. Oh, see, oh, see I, Adam's had a store of his own, and he clearly just, you know, tells cancer patients to leave all the time. See, I, I would have well, sold him piranhas. That would have gone go over really well I mean, in the local media. Right? We well, tried to sell a beautiful setup to our son. Pet store and, denies cancer patient? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was thinking that you are getting punked, you know. Oh, well, that would know, be a great I, punk. Just Alex sitting there like, I don't and you just I never stuck. did get a follow up on any of that, so <laughs> I felt like I should have. Like somebody would have called and been like, "Hey, can we return this stuff?" You, you ever feel whatever. like you're on that show? What would you do? That they have on NBC? It's kind of like a Dateline, yeah. Thing. Right. What would you do? Yeah, that was one of the moments in my life that that's exactly what I felt like. I was like, "When are the people going to come out with you know balloons and stuff now?" Because this is real weird. <laughs> I may have embellished how uh, bloodthirsty the child was. He may have just acknowledged that he knew that there would be conflict. Yeah, who knows? You really can't <laughs> read someone's mind. But oh, that's a rough one. That's that, that funny, but rough. Fight Club. Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club. Stop uh, talking about Fish Club. It does exactly. Don't talk about it. So while I was in college, uh, my cousin and I lived together, and a group of our friends. We, we had started telling them a story about a tank that we had. So we had a 55-gallon bow front, and he wanted to do South American predatory cichlids. So we had like a Jack Dempsey, a Red Devil, and the, the, the Dempsey basically picked fish that it allowed to live in the tank. So if, if something lived for two or three days, usually it got to stay. An example would be we had a group of ball of sharks. He let one live, and that one, every time one of the two humans it knew walked past the tank, would jump out of the top. Get me the hell out. Down onto the tile. No, no, no. It, at that point, we just thought it was some kind of ply for attention because it was only when we walked past 
never jumped out of the tank whenever we weren't in front of it. It was very much, I'm going to jump out like a torpedo, <laughs> slam into the slate that's down low. So it eventually probably bashed itself extra stupid. You, you figure you get a lid maybe, sometime in maybe, the middle of this. Maybe, well, that was the problem. We couldn't, we were, they're in college. college kids. We were going to spend the money on beer. A lid. We had better things to buy, like, I don't yes. know, food. Beer, food, ramen. Eventually you get so, enough beer cans, you just float them. So there's no room. That's not a bad idea. I like that. <laughs> I want good. a picture of that shit if someone's so done we, that. We go to a, a party with some friends. And one of the friends who is a, not a direct friend of ours, but is an acquaintance of our overall social group, is one of the roommates that's hosting this place. And they have this big 125-gallon tank with one red belly piranha in it and they they're they're talking all this stuff about how aggressive their piranha is and how it you should kill all sorts of stuff it's a piranha and it's very clear they're not an aquarist right and at this point i've been keeping fish since i was like five i know a little bit more not a lot but enough so they're going like that fish is not that scary piranhas are only scary in groups you got one piranha my jack dempsey at home will murder this thing it won't even be close like no, it's no way. It's a prana. It's a prana. And I'm like, ah, just okay. Yeah, you you believe whatever you want. It's like, yeah, I put goldfish in this all the time. And I'm like, uh huh. How long is the goldfish in there before it gets hit? It's like, oh, you know, I'll put it in there. And by the next day, it's gone. It's like, you know, we put a live fish in the tank with our Jack Dempsey, and it's literally within 30 seconds. It's mean. It's named after one of the meanest boxers in history for a reason. Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Gary Coleman? You need to get out of the... Gary Coleman. Oh, yes. Get out of the corner. <laughs> so... I love the Coleman. Needless to say, later on, <laughs> we host a party. And what we didn't know until it was too late. So this person, we're, we're doing all this stuff. And like, I used to DJ in college. So like, I'm running music. We're, we're, we've got friends running a small bar. You know, we're just all having a blast, right? Up until said person comes running up to me. goes. You know, just like you're, 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 you're damn fish, you're damn fish. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and I'm really not paying attention. I got like headphones on. I'm trying to do work music and stuff. I'm like, what do you mean, my damn fish? It's like, oh, it's like finally, I, just, I get one of my friends who I've taught how to use my equipment to run my equipment for a little bit and go over to the fish tank. And there's this red belly piranha <laughs> missing its like throat section in one clean bite, just floating. And then I see a little bucket down by the, on the floor by the stand I'm like what the hell did you do like well i brought my prawn over because i wanted to see if it was tougher than your fish oh my god <laughs> I'm like, you brought your red belly piranha to my house in a bucket and then without even asking me put it in my tank with captain jack <laughs> in captain jack's pirate ship and you thought this was cool it's like well i think it's, it's, it's cool. a piranha can you imagine him and getting what, pulled over, driving and, with a bucket. And what happened to your piranha? <laughs> oh. Well, I put him in the tank, and like maybe a minute passes, he's <laughs> swimming around trying to figure out what's going on, and all of a sudden the thing comes out of that little broken pirate ship like a missile and just chomps into its throat and then swims away and goes back and hides. <laughs> it's like, it's not hiding. It just murdered what it needed to murder because get off my lawn. It's a Jack Dempsey, you moron. <laughs> We're going to call this oh. episode Storytime 3 Fish Fight Club. <laughs> and I have to tell a story. I would have told a different story if it wasn't for like the little kid wanting to create Thunderdome in his tank because it reminded me of like, oh, well, I guess I could tell that story. It, I it mean, honestly, it puts the lotion in the bucket. 
<laughs> Puts the piranha I, in the bucket. I remember this very specific. I'm sitting there going like, okay, get your piranha out of my tank before it causes some issues. Like, so you're going to, you're going to buy me a replacement fish, right? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. The guy had the nuts to ask you like, well, can you owe oh, yeah. me? Oh yeah. And I, I finally looked at him. I go like, you get out of my house. So here's the deal. You can take the fish out of the tank, go f- throw you- it out in the garden, go fluke yourself or, or put it in your car or I can make you do it. <laughs> and if I make you do it, you're going to eat it. <laughs> it's like, and I, like I've always been a big dude. I'm just right? imagining the whole, like you're in DJ garb telling someone that you're going to like basically be a bouncer or make them eat fish. Like that's intimidating stuff. I I couldn't believe it. And so finally they're like, okay, uh, do you have a net? I didn't bring a net. I'd make him go bobbing for apples in the tank. You're going to raw dog that stuff, man. Yeah. That's like, it's dead. Grab it with your hand. (laughs) What about your fish? Oh, don't worry. It won't bite your hand. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) He's probably full from the piranha. The dude's like like, creeped out. But, it's like, but it just like bit my piranha that fast. I'm like, yeah, I know. I feed that fish by hand. It doesn't ever bite me, but it doesn't know you. You smell like bacon and grease. Out of my tank. Oh, and of course, like the, the axe kind of scared. The fish doesn't do anything. It just sits there knowing like you can't have anything in my tank. This is my damn house. Get out of here. <laughs> I, said, I couldn't. I couldn't believe the audacity of someone like don't even talk to a person. Just bring your stupid piranha over in a bucket. And let's just throw it in your fish tank and see what happens. Uh, college. <sighs> Drunk college idiots. I yeah. love alcohol. <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised you could have a fish tank in college. I had some, and there was beer in it the first night well, anyone came over. So we we didn't throw parties. So like it should be referenced that like the typically where parties were thrown was in this massive garage that's attached to this house that we were in. Right, but people are idiots, and you're not going to like lock and, doors. Uh, you'd be surprised. Okay, Minnesota. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but you uh, bitch. Yeah. And, and more importantly, like we normally. Like he worked at a Petco, right? So he could afford a fish tank because he had a massive discount at Petco <laughs> during the time. Uh, so the only thing he wanted was to have predatory cichlids in a tank. That was his jam at that time. He didn't want anything else. And that that particular fish murdered nearly anything he put in there, like tinfoil barbs, ball of sharks, a silver arowana. Like it just was absolutely what you'd expect out of any given Jack Dempsey. It was mean. I feel like everybody like has some sort of like fish story where something accidentally happened uh, in some ways, but I never have a guy that put the effort into it. Like, Hey, Bentley's throwing a party. You know what? I'm going to dump some shit in his fish tank and see if he wants to talk smack later. Like that's some sort of like, maybe yeah, I was, was really drunk or high, you know, like what's the <laughs> reasoning behind that's it? The problem. Both. But, like, the, the person was pretty notorious for being a stoner back in the day. So I suppose that maybe. makes sense. Man, you'll be sweet. <laughs> If my piranha beat up Bentley stuff, like that'd be cool. He's talking all this shit. Now, fifteen years later, you you take your child over there to beat the shit out of his kid. <laughs> <laughs> Go. <laughs> oh, that's that's something else. You don't do it like if people are listening. You're not one of those aquarium people. Imagine taking your dog to another a dude's pitbull. party and they fight just because you want to be a dick. Like that's the same level of what we're talking about here. Like it's just it's stupid. It's downright stupid. But. Adam, what you got for a story for us, bud? Well, also before you start, I want to point out that you're you're a trooper. You're wearing your old, uh, you know, pet store T-shirt, so uh, old vintage swag. I love. 
do you guys want to hear about the time that uh, first about the time that I found something very very venomous, or the time I got questioned by the DNR? Questioned DNR, by the DNR. 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 All day okay. long. Because we're gonna have the DNR on again. Here yes. Shortly. We actually got them booked. We got Mandy coming back on to talk to us about sunfish. So, uh, what better time than than now? <laughs> so we'll, we'll give her your personal information when we see her. I do not need her. They already dealt with it. Okay. Good. They already dealt with it. <laughs> been seven years you don't have to worry about it never it's been like never well, been convicted of a All felony right. story okay so it's opener it's walleye opener in northern minnesota and it's lake pacagama and you know what fishing opener is in northern minnesota everybody goes to the lakes literally bigger than fourth of july yeah it's it's pretty big thing and it's always you know how it's always like cold wet and rainy in minnesota oh, on fishing opener yeah it's, it's never sunny half the time it's snowing and it's just shitty out the DNR came to my store on a Sunday. This is when I was open Saturday and Sunday. Fishing opener Saturday. They came to my store on Sunday and they looked at my tank. And Jim knows my store layout. And I had my feeders, feeder goldfish, in the front of my store. And they see and it's just full of feeder goldfish and rosy reds and everything. Right. And the reason and you do at- that is because in Minnesota it's cold. And that door is going to hit all the cold breezes. And you want your cold water fish hitting that, not warm. Yeah. So it's it's just... All my cold water fish are in the front of the store. This DNR officer comes in and they go, um, can I talk to you for a few minutes? I'm like, oh, shit. What? And I'm like running through my head. What do I have that's illegal? What do I need? To, you know, I'm just trying to make sure I didn't have anything bad. What snake did I bring in? This time. This Who did time. I sell that one stuff. octopus to? Yeah, that was before the octopus. Like I literally <laughs> only had my store for like six eight months i think jim knows about this one because i called him like right afterwards and he just laughed at me i feel like there's a lot of scenarios that that's happened in your guys's past do continue so so this dnr guy's questioning me about my feeder fish and he's like why do you you know do you carry feeder fish you know i see you have them and and i'm like yeah there's no problem with me carrying feeder fish it's legal i buy them from my vendors i bring them up here and they're just to feed other fish or, you know, little kids for first pet, cycle fish tanks, that type of stuff. Well, apparently they had arrested a guy because he was the only guy catching fish on Lake Pacagama with feeder, using feeder goldfish as fishing bait. Lovely. So they couldn't figure out why one guy in the whole damn lake was catching fish because it's shitty, you know, super cold. Well, he took all the bright gold ones. And they want to know if he bought them from me, but I think he bought them from Walmart because I sure as hell didn't know who the guy was. That's that's we'll stick to that. Yeah, Walmart. We'll stick with that because I wouldn't have. So- okay, let's put it this way: I would not have sold them knowingly to the guy if I would have known that he was going to use them for bait. Well, you can't stop someone's intent. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. stop selling someone spray paint just because they're going to go vandalize something. They're not telling me. They're of 18, 21, yeah. whatever it's required. Yeah. So the guy. I get the story from the DNR. Basically, they drive their boat over because he's the only one catching fish. And they check his boat. And as they're pulling up to his boat, he's reeling in a walleye with a goldfish hanging out of its mouth. Done. Yeah, you you lose. like the Some of the punishments they do in Minnesota, like you lose your fishing license, you get a fine. Dependent he, on he, the invasive lost... species, it's jail time in some scenarios for your hunting violations you and whatnot. Drift and push you out into a lake. Is that not what they do? <laughs> no, no, no. They, they wait for the summer and let the mosquitoes eat you to death. Right. The Hunger Games edition. <laughs> so, I was told by the DNR guy that it was ten thousand dollars 
It was a $10,000 fine for the fish that he pulled out of the lake. Whoa. It was $1,000 for every goldfish on his boat. He was double over the legal limit of walleye for opener. So they just basically arrested him and confiscated everything. Brand new truck, brand new boat, his fishing rods, his hunting license, everything. He was done. But I'm like, so why are you guys bugging me? Well, we were just confirming, you know, trying to figure out where he bought these from. I'm like, so you came to the one store. I said to him if I'd have known that he had these. And I didn't hear anything afterwards. But that was the time I was questioned by the DNR. And I was like shitting myself. I call that profiling. I <laughs> Thank you, Jim. I, I appreciate that. Maybe you shouldn't wear that on your head then. <laughs> so uh, for those that are listening, uh, you can watch us. Uh, we got at least Jim and I on the stream. Otherwise, we're on Discord. Go to AquariumGuysPodcast.com on the bottom of the website. You can join these live. This is a Monday night at 7 p.m. We start these central time. And uh, Adam has a particular mic that he actually puts a uh, blanket over his head. So uh, I bought the mic you told me to buy, and I think you did this on purpose so that I fit your <laughs> racial profiling ideas. Well, I didn't know you'd have such echo problems, but, you know. I think he's like hotboxing himself with farts. If you guys <laughs> want to help out Adam, you can donate at the bottom of the podcast as well. And, and just buy him a new blanket. Send us a note that it's for Adam's new mic, an and we'll get him a set up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you? I heard Sarah McLaughlin there for a little bit. Hey, that's copyrighted. No, oh, this shit. is a rendition. There, there we go. We're on YouTube now. I've only had 80 million copyright strikes. Uh, I saw that when you were uploading them. Fluke you, YouTube. Uh, I was like, welcome to my world, bro. You can <laughs> suck on my fat gonopodium, YouTube. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny when Adam tells that story. My uh, just, just real quick, this isn't my story. My seven year old. Aaron he doesn't get two stories. No, <laughs> I, I run this damn place. <laughs> you pay the bills. Yeah, All I right. pay the bills. I'm not even wearing pants right now. Oh, thank God. But but my seven year old, uh, him and his uh, Aaron and his buddy Austin were bringing home two and a half, three pound rock bass off the uh, off the dock about three blocks from our house and stuff, and nobody else was catching anything too. And then I asked Aaron, I said, "How are you catching these things?" He goes, "Oh, it's my secret." And then the next day, I catch them taking. I had probably a thousand feet of goldfish, and they're down there with their little net and bucket. And they're <laughs> seven years old, and they're down there catching them with with goldfish. And I said to him, "I said you can't do that. I said the DNR is gonna gonna put you in jail." He go. He looks at me straight in the eye. and goes, "No, they're not. I'm not a little kid." <laughs> he knows what's up. Well, I'm we a little just, kid. We they're just got on the news, and we were discussing this yesterday, me and Jim, about how they pulled fifty thousand goldfish out of a lake in Minnesota yes. out of a pond. So out of a pond, yeah. They showed the picture of it. It was a freaking pickup load. Yes. Yeah, it was the back of a pickup, full to the top of the pickup. This is on the lake called Chaska in Minnesota. October 26th, they did a big netting procedure, and it's thousands, potentially uh, estimated over 50,000 goldfish just in the first netting. Now, first carp or goldfish? Goldfish. Goldfish. Yes, very much goldfish. I'll I'll be sure to actually add the link to you guys here in Discord. It uh, and that's based upon their estimate of just a handful of goldfish being let loose in the lake. Um, they they really do overtake environments because they they breed so fast in batches in the summer that they overtake. Um, and and th- it's it's so detrimental. It's not just a fish getting in there and overtaking food, but carp really do destroy bottoms of waterways and just completely dirty and stop other fish from even breeding. All the habitats get destroyed. So. Don't put any fish. Destroy my bottom. 
don't have any uh, fish from aquarium ever go into a natural waterway contact your dnr local rescue i mean heck give us a call we'll we'll find someone in your area to release it for you right but yeah jimmy jimmy you want to give us a real story a, a real story yeah i've got i've got a real story it's about I have, my two stories tonight are both from the same location uh i started out uh with my location in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, I now live in Perm, Minnesota, which is about 20 mile difference. So I, I worked for a mortgage company and the guy that owned the mortgage company said, hey, I got this extra building over here if you wanna rent it, because I was talking about expanding my fish business at that time. And I said, sure, let's go take a look at the building. So on, my, on our lunch break, he took me over to this building and it was actually a pretty nice building. And, and uh, he shows me two apartments above, but the whole bottom, he said I could have for 200 bucks. And I wanna say it was probably about 2,500 square feet. It was pretty good size. And in the very back, there's like a kitchen area. And he says, yeah, he said, this would work great for your fish business. He goes, I, ha I already have to heat the building because I have two renters upstairs. He goes, so you'll get free heat. He goes, just pay your electricity bill down here and, and you'll be fine. And not just heat. Like you can make that basement, you know, heat the room for tanks heat. Yeah, this is in phrase Right. Oh, okay. This is in phrase You've never seen this one before. I haven't seen this one. Okay. No. I thought you were referring to the other one. No. So, so. To explain, when you walked into the building, you had to use your key to walk into the building, and then you locked it, the building up behind you. And then there was a steps that went upstairs to the apartments. And uh, then there was two swinging doors that went into my area, and they had a uh, curtain on the outside for privacy. I moved over there. I was really excited. I went from about 300 tanks to about 600 tanks in, in a short time. Had about 600 aquariums in this place. And every once in a while, you would hear, you know, the people upstairs walking around. Well, one night, I'm probably there about 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, because I hear a noise, and I look, and I see an old woman peering through the window. I mean, takes her fingers, pulls a curtain back, looks in, gives me a kind of a gentle grandmother-type smile, you know? And then the curtain went back. This is getting creepy. Yeah. And it went away. That's it. And anyway, so... And they're going to be like... This house is haunted. There's no one been in there for 20 years. And so as we go on, <laughs> this happens not once, but several times over the next two, three weeks. And I, I said uh, to Pat, who uh, owned the building, I said, oh, I said, I said, one of your renters keeps peeking in on me. I said, one of these days I'm going to be sitting there with my shirt off because it was hot in there. I take my shirt off. And I said, she's probably take, try to get a glimpse of these, you know, massive pecs and biceps. Oh, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes... Describe this person. So I describe this person. He goes, hmm. I go, is it one of the renters? He goes, no, there's two guys that rent the upstairs. Oh, no. And I said, so who is this? He goes, that's Sarah. I said, oh. I said, uh, who is Sarah? And he goes, well, he said, we embalmed him there at the old funeral home about 25 years ago. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm renting a goddamn funeral home, and I didn't know it. And I about went, "What the hell?" I, I didn't. I, I didn't mean to predict this. By the way, I've never heard this story before. So I've that never was shared me. this with anybody other than my wife. <laughs> no. And so anyway, this just became Halloween edition. Yes, it yes. did. Yeah. And, and, A little late there, Jimmy. Okay, here's the interesting part, guys. So towards the back, that wasn't interesting. Oh, that was interesting as hell. But in the back, um, where the kitchen area is, that's where I used to go back there and cut my beds and stuff. And I kept all my goldfish in back because it was much colder. Well, that was the freaking embalming room. So I'm in the embalming room. 
And and so after he explains this to me, then I started going. That's, oh yeah, it's real cheap. Real, rent's real cheap. We heat for you. Don't that worry explain, about it. That explains no. the freaking shadows. And we would see shadows, you know, nope. from lights and stuff. And <laughs> so finally, I finally get to meet the two guys that live upstairs. And they went, "Oh yeah, dude, you wouldn't believe the crap that goes on in this place." And I'm like, "I'm out of here." And they, and they went, "Oh, you get used to it." I'm going, "Oh hell no, hell no." So yeah, so Sarah was somebody they embalmed 20 years ago and never really left. I'm just trying to put myself in the uh, homeowner situation, right? He's got a bad reputation. He knows it's a funeral home. He's got basically the pace, place paid for from the apartments above. So why wouldn't you? You know, if you're a wealthy guy, you're retired, why wouldn't you like to screw with someone? Someone comes to their place be like, 200 bucks a month. I work for this man. Well, right. Even oh. better. I'm saying that's why. Even better. He's got the money. He's got the time. Right, so he's like two hundred bucks a month, Jimmy. And then what he does is he takes that two hundred dollars, hires an old lady <laughs> to come peek in, to on peek me. in on you, and then like does creepy things to you on purpose to see how long you take it. I'm just saying, if I had the money, there's nothing stopping me from you know screwing with Renting you old on women. that. Right. So the only thing I would do is two hundred dollars wasn't enough to like flash you. Oh. You know that would have been. And and so here, <laughs> so there's a basement Wait. to this place. There's a basement to this place. Never been down there. My kids at the time are probably 10, 12 years old. And they came upstairs really excited. Go, God, you got to come down here and check this out. It's really cool. Daddy, daddy, grandma, Sarah made cookies. No. I went down there and looked at the display of children's caskets. No, they still had the crap in the building? Still had children's caskets downstairs. I am convinced. This man, your quote-unquote friend, you worked with him, he's there. He's fluking with you, bro. Oh, man. So that was story number one about this building. Now that we're kind of just past Halloween and stuff, but yeah, and this, I was there probably another two three months, and I couldn't get out of there fast enough. That, but did, but did they have the the concrete sealers that they used to bury them in? Because those are just free fish ponds. Yeah, you know what? I I wish they would have. I would have used them. Too. We're in Minnesota. We don't have to worry about flooding up here, really. So we don't have concrete sealers. That's more of a South uh, thing. No, my mom and dad both had concrete. Really? Yep. I have yet to see one in person besides going down south. Oh, no, they uh, require them. The state of Minnesota requires you to Where? have Where? You have to, when you when they, the burial vault is put in the ground, and then the casket's put in there, and then it's both sealed. I'm telling you, last three funerals. Oh, I was please. with I was no. with the graveside uh, uh, ceremonies. Dirt. The last three funerals you went to was probably where you flushed your fish down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. I, I just want to know more, and we can like have like people look up, like, you should find out Sarah's, you know, real identity. No, I don't want to know. And then we can have people send us, you know, creepy information. Being if, like, if if I had Jen on this thing, we we saw our first ghost here in Perm the first year we lived when we went on that bicycle path out here. Maybe she just wanted to do, uh, you know, the, the fish death battle with you. Yeah. I feel like we had a phone call there for a minute. <laughs> it was Sarah. Adam, no more text messages. <laughs> Well, uh, I know what to do now uh, for future pranks. Yeah, you definitely should because you know now that I own hand- punch him, Jim. Now that I just own handguns, future pranks. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, I forgot about that. Just start shooting through the door. All right, so I got one, and like I was the police. I convinced myself that I needed to tell something because you'd never told anyone that, right? No. I'm gonna share a story that for the for legit reasons <laughs> I have reasons. never really told anyone. I don't think even my wife knows the story. Um, Can I interject real quick before we start? Please, we need something to break this up. So speaking about handguns, 
and fish. <laughs> Please. And fish. One, it's real hard to shoot a fish in a barrel. I don't know if you guys have tried, but it's hard. So I was in Texas, real quick. Cherry I was in all Texas. you. We had fished all day. And we were trying, we had, everyone owns a pond in Texas. If they have a ranch, everyone owns a pond. And everyone puts bass in the pond. And apparently it's so easy because these fish are just in there and huge. And nobody cared because it's all old people in my family that live down in southeast Texas. But they left us down there. We're bored. I'm like 19 or 20 years old or whatever. The, no, wait. I must have I been 21 because I'm sure I was legal. Sure. Let's say 21. Yeah, he was 21. So, uh, Definitely. Yes, I was tw- tw- 21. Still not and old enough for I've no been better. out there all day. Wait, 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 wait. This is Texas. to catch fish. You're, you're 14. You're legal in but, Texas. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've been at this lake all day and trying to catch fish. I hadn't caught it, a single thing. No bites. I was convinced there weren't any fish in the lake. So we'd been drinking and sitting there, and it was getting dark. I pulled out my pistol, and I fired a whole whole, uh, whole magazine into the lake just randomly, like a belligerent, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves or something. No. Uh, in point break. No. Uh, but literally, <laughs> no. a bass comes floating up. <laughs> and it just floats up to the top. I have a picture of it still. I can probably upload it later tonight. But... <laughs> I was like, are you, are you kidding me? I hit a fish in this entire pond. I hit a fish <laughs> with a bullet out of like nine or 10 of them. That, that Whatever, is literally the odds of that are astounding because, you know, bullets don't exactly travel perfect in water either. And they quickly no. dissipate vo- uh, their velocity. So you hitting that is like real, yeah. real something else. It's I- like shooting into the air and randomly hitting a crow in the sky. Just. <laughs> and there's probably two dead mermaids on the bottom of that pond too <laughs> that didn't float to the top well you, you should see the neighborhood just on the other side of the lake oops uh, <laughs> skip oops no it was in the middle of nowhere well thank goodness no that your fishing skills are uh very mixed <laughs> with the bullet My shooting skills are very high though clearly clearly so uh note to self don't mess with alex all right so my if you're underwater, if you're, especially if you're underwater, if you're in uh, open air, you're fine. But uh, if you're in water, don't, don't do that. So anyways, <clears throat> my story, I have not told anybody, right? Uh, that I, uh, I'm pretty sure anybody. Yeah. So I, I talked about it in one of our last podcasts that I was a very, I was a single child, right? I'm not a normal person. This personality. We know that. Didn't yeah. come out of a box. Yeah. There's a point where people just give up and that's what your parents did. Right. So at the points where they give up, they see the kid, you know, burning ants with a magnifying glass type thing. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, as an a, a immature child, was obsessed with farts, right? So that, that's, your, that's your preface. Now I'm <laughs> You're still are. obsessed with farts. Uh, yeah. Farts are the yeah, funniest thing. If I could shit my pants right now on command, I'd do it just for the listeners because farts are the best thing ever. Um, now, I think you're confusing your bodily function. <laughs> confusing it's not all the fart. Uh, sure. <laughs> so, and <laughs> growing up, I, I've told people on the podcast that uh, I've, I got into fish at a very young age. I grew up with my grandmother um, breeding all different types of fish, all different types of betas. She's the first person I've ever saw that had you know 40 betas and male betas in one tank that didn't fight because she grew them up together and for some reason figured that out, you know, that matrix out somehow. 
Um, she had huge tanks. I still have a couple of her books with handwritten notes. And getting into the uh, hobby at a very young age, you know, I had a couple uh, couple tanks in the house here and there at all times. And I lived in a lake, so um, sometimes I'd have a tank where I'd have just, you know, temporary fish for a couple days, put them back out in the water humanely, or I'd just keep tropical fish at all times. And there was always fun aquarium accessories, like... My grandmother gave me some of the, like the first clock timers. They're literally a clock motor with the auto feeder on it. So a lot of cool products. But the uh, fun things is the power of some of those antique whisper pumps, the air pumps, right? I was just amazed with it. And it was a best toy getting like a bunch of like old rattly burnt out air pumps for my grandmother because she gave me a lot of fish accessories, right? I still have one of these like whisper pumps from like it's it's you look at it and it's like 40 years old. It's incredible. So I will play with them. I go plug them in outside, see if I could, you know, make milk chocolate with mud in the in the dirt outside, because why not? You blow a straw in uh, milk, turn it chocolate milk. Why can't I play with it outside? So I was trying to find new, fun, inventive ways to play with the uh, air pumps that I got. And uh, I, I just I love <laughs> it's hard for me, Jimmy. Don't look at me like that. There's going to be a whole lot of judgmentalness in the room here. But uh, being an eight, nine year old kid, farts are the best. So I decided to take. I just knew it was going in that direction. I decided to take. I'm gonna leave the building for just a at eight years old. <laughs> I decided to take the air pump and uh, just just see what it would do if I, you know, squeeze it, Marm. Where? Give me time. All right. This is oh. don't don't judge me. I was I was eight. So I put it in the armpit. Sure enough, I make fart noises. <laughs> Raspberry out. Put it in my belly button raspberry out i was like i was giggling myself i didn't have uh, a brother or sister to make fun of me i could have used one at this part time in my life and this you know escalated to uh, fart noises i'm like hmm i wonder and i took that and uh well <laughs> boy where the sun don't shine just a little bit and it was enough to collect a little bit of air where i could go run out in the living room and then fart loudly in front of my parents television so I thought this was silence falls throughout the room. <laughs> I feel all your judgment and you can all go fluke yourself. All right. I was eight. I was creative. This is my body. And I thought farts were cool. So I would do this. Right. And my parents. There's more to this story. There is more to this story. Oh, God help me. So my poor parents, uh, I'm their only child. Right. So I run out and uh, I try to pretend. They could see my cheeky face, like I made a grin, and then I just go in. I'd lift my leg, or I'd do like the whole bend over backwards, like the Jim Carrey movies, and uh, was it Ace Ventura, and pretend to talk with my butt and fart, right? Uh, so anything I could do to like cue up a fart. So if I thought it was a funny moment for a fart, like my my parents are being serious with a family member or a friend, I come out and just rip my ass. And uh, I-, I learned a lesson one day that. There's a amount of appropriate amount of air to put in your dairy air. And uh, there's no PSI pressure thing like a tire. So one day my parents were watching a really serious movie. I think it was like a Nazi documentary or something because my mom loved history and stuff. She always watched World War II stuff. And uh, um, I go out there being all serious, like, oh, Robbie, knock it off. And I go out. I think I almost rupture my colon with this huge bottle of air. 
I release it. It's like prolapse problems going on. No, no, yeah. none of that. None of that. I was eight. Things were very young and elastic back then. I, uh, I, you don't do this now, do you? Uh, no, because well, I, I ripped do this if you're eight. I ripped one for about 20 to 30 solid seconds and at the end, violently <laughs> shit my pants. Like, it wasn't even a little bit. It was just, like, violently shit my pants. Um, my parents just think it was the continuation of a fart. I, like, turn immediately red, and they're like, "Are you, holy crap, are you okay? They don't have a clue to this day that I shoved an aquarium tube up my derriere for a couple seconds just to, just to fart in front of them on command. Um, but, oh, God, I just realized my mom might listen to this. <laughs> Anyways, don't lie. How long did that that uh, <laughs> air pump stay in your life? He said he still got it. Life. I don't have the same one. <laughs> that on one did finally burn out. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's trying to freaking blow up <laughs> Bullwinkle at Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is what he's trying to do. For God's Wait, sake, you burned a motor out on an air pump for a fish tank. In your butt. I, yeah. It wasn't in my butt. Try to blow up the I used it after the fact. Come on, all the judgment here. This is a safe place. It's story time. This is not a safe place. You are so ridiculed and wrong. Oh, my God. Um. So, anyways, I uh, I shit myself <laughs> to an epic degree. I uh, slowly walk away trying to not have my parents notice. Did you leave a trail? I hope to God not. I never checked the carpet. I know the carpet was dark colors. <laughs> I have I, I basically just cried in the shower. That's basically all I did. And uh to this day, I look at air pumps very weird. Um they uh they they haunt me, not as much as Sarah haunts uh, you in the warehouse. But uh for those that don't uh that, that are listening to this, you know, take it as a tale of caution. Be careful with your with your devices. Use as they're intended. And know that the antique whisper air pumps are by far the most powerful <laughs> I've ever made <laughs> for commercial plastic so air pumps. Other brands. You know, last time when I was here and I talked about gaseous exchange, this was not what I meant. No, not at all. Rob. <laughs> eight-year-olds are the uh, stupidest human beings on the planet, especially eight-year-old boys. Farts are still cool. Air pumps haunt me. And stay tuned for Rob's <laughs> second <laughs> Rob's second story of the night will be about the time that he, you know, dried his hair in the shower with a blow dryer. <laughs> That'll be how I end my life. Just uh, that explains why he's so just sh- to figure out a way of another device to make a fart noise. Oh, that was okay. Cool. So now uh, that I've officially make a wish, wish <laughs> as an eight year old <laughs> after that discovery. Join Discord, GG Aquariums. I don't know what that was. I just got a. I was Sarah. That was Sarah. I was, think, I was thinking of Gigi Allen. I uh, I feel like I need a shower after that story. Just I feel kind of I just feel kind of. Ugh. Well, someone please take me from my embarrassment. Uh, who's who's up next? This this one has nothing to do with fish. How about, uh, it's okay. We I need anything right this, now. I've never told this story that will be available for the internet. So. Take that as you will. Bentley, we appreciate your sacrifice. When I was in high school, I was a loan shark. (laughs) (laughs) I love this story. I love how this starts out. I have to tell you one other story first. Okay. Okay. Please. So it's kind of a, it leads into why. When I was in my very early teens, like 
11, 12, 13, my dad and I were really into sports cards. Okay. We used to go every weekend, we would go to a different sports card show in a mall and we would sell sports cards. We got so heavily into like the collecting hobby that we started selling stuff. As a kid, I was always really, really good at numbers, math, understanding, pricing. Okay. So a lot of times what you would get is you would get these people who would, my dad would like leave the table because he knew that there was no way somebody was going to hoodwink his kid. And you get these older guys who thought, oh, it's like, oh, it's a little kid. I can totally get something off him dirt cheap. He won't know the difference. But deep down, Lil Bentley was a hustler. And the way that I figured out how to hustle people for money as a kid was through magic cards. Now, I'm a nerd. I love playing magic. And I realized very early, nobody sells magic cards at sports card shows. There's packs and the kids that come with their dads, the dads are into sports cards. The kids don't give a dang, right? All they want is magic in our area. We're in the Seattle area. This is where magic started, okay? Hey, hey, I'm a magic fan through and through. I got a couple thousand dollar decks. I can confirm this. I start selling singles. Hot the, the singles online? Is like, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> no, I sold them at the sports card shows. <laughs> there there was no online back then, sir. This is 1993, 1994, 1995. At the birth of Magic, where, where it belongs. Right. This is real early. So I made a deal with one of the guys that's always at the show, so always had boxes. And it was basically, he was like, I'll give you any box of Magic you want that I have for $50 a box. Well, I could sell most of the, like, the chase cards for between $20 and $30 a piece. And he was almost guaranteed in a full box that I would make two to three boxes worth of money and also keep the things I wanted to keep aside. So very quickly, what I figured out is that young kids don't know the prices. I do. And those young kids will badger their parents until they just give in for the cards they want. It's like back then, the big thing was the Shivan Dragon. Every kid wanted a Shivan Dragon, even though it wasn't really that good. And they were, quote, worth $30 a piece. But you would get a kid who would want it so bad, I realized that if I didn't put a price on certain cards, I could get $50 to $60 a piece on them, and the parents would know no better. Because they would see that a box of Magic cards is $100, and you could basically convince them, listen, you're lucky if you get one of these every two boxes, and a box costs you $100. So you're looking at $200 to buy to get the one card your kid wants, or you just pay me $60 and you get the card. Yeah, fast forward to like 26 years into Magic the Gathering, and now you have an app that tells you the price. There was none of that back then. This stuff didn't exist. There was a magazine called Scry, but even then, nobody read it, and it wasn't accurate. I did. (laughs) Man, I am with the right crowd tonight. No, you're not. So (laughs) we we keep that in mind. I I used to hustle sports cards and Magic cards as a kid to make money. Fast forward to when I'm in high school. My my senior year of high school, I have never done any illegal drugs. This is also important. <laughs> but I knew, no, no, no. This, this, I'm, I'm real weird in that I, I really care about my mental state. And anything that uh, impairs my capacity over myself, I can't stand. I'm, and you're I'm, on this I'm podcast? You're worried about your mental capacity? <laughs> I know. What well, the hell? <sighs> we're a compromise, you know, Jimmy. It's a, it's a different kind of compromise. So... In, in doing this, like I, I was kind of that person. I wasn't in any given single social group. So I knew over time every drug dealer at my school. And I was that person who was well known as like I, I, I owned my own little DJ business while I was in high school. I, I did all sorts of stuff. 
I, I was one of those people who networked knew I knew a guy for everything as far as what kids cared about when they were young. And I realized really quickly that most of the people at my high school never had money for lunch because they spent it on fucking pot. Very quickly, I realized I can profit off these idiots by loaning them money. Ding. And fast, I'm a bad person for selling a cancer fast, kid. Fast forward, <laughs> fast forward about a month into me figuring this out. And I have one guy who had borrowed 20 bucks. And my deal was if you pay me back within two days, there's no interest. After that, for every day you miss, the amount of money you owe me doubles. Ooh. Or a kneecap. Wow. Or a kneecap. Yeah, I was kneecap's real cheaper. No, no, he doesn't do a kneecap. All right. Bentley has like, ways of Jack Dempseying you to talk. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So let, let's get into how this really, let's tell the, the, the meat of the story. And I did this through my entire senior year without a single administrator or teacher being the wiser. Yet every, almost every member of the student body knew that if you ever needed money, I was the person to talk to, but you better pay me back fast or it's going to be trouble. Fast forward a month into doing this, I got a guy that owes me like $150, right? We had this guy, we'll just call him Big Red. He's six foot four, 360 pounds of solid muscle that's at my school. This guy had become my enforcer. And, and, and basically, it, <laughs> hire done. You, you think, no, we're not even done yet. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We're not Don't worry. You're still not as bad as uh, butt tubes. So, uh, so anytime somebody owed me more than $60, I would go talk to him. And the deal with him was very simple. He would intimidate him, them, because he's a very large man, very scary. And I would buy him whatever he wanted for lunch. And what was noteworthy is that in our particular high school, you couldn't go off campus for lunch with rare exceptions. Oh, sweet deal. I had an off-campus pass, so I could leave campus to get lunch. That guy loved him some Pizza Hut. And there was a Pizza Hut like four blocks away from the school. <laughs> and it was very much a deal like, like the first time I remember negotiating with him, he's like, so I can have anything I want for lunch. Like, That's right. It's like, so if I want a large pepperoni pizza and a thing of breadsticks and a soda from Pizza Hut, I was like, done. It's like, <laughs> I'll go get you your money. So can we call you I the send, pizza mafia? Is that what this is? I, I send Big Red after this one guy who owes me like 150 bucks. And he's a, he's a horrible stoner, and I know it. He doesn't have the money. Doesn't have the money. We're not going to actually hurt the guy, right? But it's just very much like a, all right, you got a week. If you can't pay it in a week, we're going to have some issues, right? Very, very faux mob boss kind of stuff. <laughs> so Big Red comes back to me and goes, hey, man, I can't get it. I go, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll still buy you lunch. Buy him lunch. While I'm out driving to go get lunch, I call every single drug dealer that deals at our school. No, all these, all these guys know me because they know when their people don't have money, they can send them to me and they'll get a loan. Right. <laughs> so I guarantee them income. It's called networking. Even I don't deal. Right? <laughs> networking. So I call, I call them all. And I remember the first guy I called, he was a good buddy of mine. We used to play D&D &D together. This is how we knew each other. Right. This is how I slowly started to learn who all the drug dealers were. Is like back in middle school when we were like 13 or 14, we played D&D &D together. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I network. This is the, I, I network in the weirdest ways. So I call him like, yo, we'll call him Joe. OK, Joe, here's what's going on. Definitely another guy's name owes me a lot of money. I know he's been buying from you. Blacklisted. Don't sell to him at all until he pays me back. He's like. Dude, that's one of my best customers. Me, I go, if you don't 
if you keep selling to him, I will not loan to any single person who buys to you ever again. He's like, are you serious? You're going to treat me like I go, yes. That's exactly like, it. You're going to get it. It's like, uh, okay, you got it. How, you know, how long, I went how to long do you think it's going to be? And, it, <laughs> and it's basically like, when he pays me back, I'll tell you. I call everybody. I blacklist this guy from every person who deals drugs and get them to push it up further. No. So remember this, this guy can't go through six different high schools worth of local <laughs> high school dealers and get anything. I'll let you. This Alex, was a ahead. LARPing drought. This was the LARPing drought of uh, 2003, I think. <laughs> was the guy's name Alex? Was it Alex? I graduated before then. It was Alex, wasn't it? <laughs> whoa, 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 wait. So, so, so this basically got all the way back into Heisenberg. <laughs> it went back to so Columbia. People, this person comes by a day later. And his, his parents are pretty wealthy. I want to put this out there. This, this guy comes from a wealthy family. I lived in a relatively wealthy area. I was the poor kid on the street where I grew up. So comes back to me goes, so uh, how much do I owe you? Like, <laughs> well, yesterday it was 150. Doubles every day. You owe me 300 today. He goes, if I can get you 300 tomorrow, is that okay? Just, just give me the one day I can, I can figure it out with my parents and get you paid. I went 300 <laughs> tomorrow cash. No credit cards. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen. He goes, I called 10 different people. No one will sell to me. And I go, I know. <laughs> <laughs> because I called them. Oh, man. And they know that no matter how much money you spend, because mommy and daddy give you money all the time, I bring in more money than you do. So that is the story of how you bought your first fish tank. I was a loan shark <laughs> and bought my first car, half of part of a lot of my upgrades to my DJ equipment. Uh, how I bought my second car and, and how I afforded all sorts of nerd things in high school, despite my job being working at a small mom and pop burger joint. That that's perfect. I mean, that's basically Jimmy's upbringing, except it's you know insert uh, cash for Lefsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, just the just this year, like I want to know what's going through your mind. Like as a kid, you're like, and then the light bulb goes off. You're like the uh, genius mobster. Kudos to you, that? man. Kudos. Just to deep you. down, I love money. <laughs> doesn't but and, that and now, that's genius nowadays, on top I have of a it. lot more morals than i did as a high school child well you got a job and yeah I mean, so yeah, yeah so let's go back to that first question about how to make money selling angelfish <laughs> screw that go down you your loan. local high school you loan people angelfish <laughs> become your local loan high school loan shark and then the moment that they don't pay you back for them you just tell every red. pet store owner and be like hey i loan you a lot of money so kids can get fish tanks Alex, okay. you got one for us, or is that was the other one your second story? Whatever you want it to be, anything you want. All you? I want you to borrow money from Bentley. <laughs> oh. yeah. I apparently wasn't as smart as Bentley because I just went straight to dealing the drugs at like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like weird. You got a call and yeah. like, oh, Bentley said so. Okay. Yeah, you know, actually, we did. Like, I mean, I I'm a little younger, but we 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 grew up in the same hundred mile radius as one another around the same city there you go that's uh, why you guys don't have lefsa i i literally though i used to i mean now that it's legal basic i mean m- might as well be everywhere 
yeah, the I, I sold a bunch of pot to get uh, like one of the things that motivated me selling pot when I was a teenager was because the purple metallic snakeskin Delta tail guppy was a new thing that you could get on eBay from Thailand. And I literally like had someone uh, basically, I, I remember it was the same price as an ounce is what I paid for, for this stupid guppy. Lasted about as long too, didn't all it? Clout. Yeah. Lost all clout amongst drug dealing friends. They're like, you should have gotten a piranha, bro. But clearly I should have gotten a Jack Dempsey. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly too good. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, the next story, uh, it's not a very long one. That's okay, we're, when we're, I started we're wrapping on up. The, when I started on the YouTubes, I, um, I, I only had a few tanks because my wife and I lived in, live in an apartment, and um, I had just moved in with her maybe, I don't know, a year earlier or something. But it wasn't like we thought, okay, we're going to get a, a different place together soon kind of thing. So I was like, I'm not about to start collecting 40 gallon breeders in here or whatever. So I had like a 20 and a 10 and another 10 or something like that. I think maybe a little aquascape cube too, but two of the tanks, one had, um, if you guys know Lucas Bretz, it had a bunch of his shrimp in it. And I had a colony of, I think it was mostly red shrimp. Yeah. I think they were like his painted fire cherry reds that ended up winning aquatic experience like best in show for american bread neocaridina shrimp and so he'd he'd hooked me up with some but they weren't cheap we weren't like good friends or anything at the time like this is how i found out about him so i i had been doing this series on shrimp and it was the best on the channel you know secret history living in your aquarium that's an easy one for people to remember and hype all the way out so you know <laughs> when i had something that finally gained ground i was kind of like sweet so I, I realized people were digging on my shrimp stuff. Well, I had also done a video on peacock gudgeons and uh, just done like a species profile. And the tanks were set up. So one was up here on kind of a rack. And the other was the shrimp tank on the floor, which is a dumb place for a tank, especially when you need to siphon it. But the I, I had like realized, okay... I, I like brainstorm all these things that I could cover about shrimp, you know, the stages of life, uh, how to grade shrimp, all these things. Uh, and I had all these baby shrimp in there and I was, I was pretty happy because it was the first time I picked shrimp back up in the hobby since they like came out in like, Oh, four or whatever, you know, um, when they were brand new and, and really novel, the Neo Caridinas. Anyways, I go to bed, wake up next morning and I look in the shrimp tank and there's just dead shrimp everywhere i can't even find a live shrimp and i was like what happened and i go looking up in the other tank no fish in the tank and i was just like what happened and i'm looking around looking around finally i have to clean out the whole shrimp tank anyways because i was i thought maybe i could fish out a couple live ones and i did i found like i don't know six live ones or something but i found in that tank a male and a female peacock gudgeon that had been in the tank up and diagonal from it. So they both made a leap of faith down into my cherry shrimp tank, like, like a good two or three feet, you know, it, it distance between the height and the, the over a foot. And they managed to both get in there. So they either chased each other out of the tank and into there, or they both were like, 
oh, we're going to ruin Alex's life. And then they just jumped. And we're they, like, didn't, they clearly didn't swallow the shrimp. They just chewed them. They just chewed them and then hit under a rock. And I don't know. But the the crazy ironic part, and you can go back and watch these videos I cover. I think I think I made some melodramatic title like uh, Thunderdome. Or, yeah, <laughs> gudgeon, cherry shrimp gudgeon slaughter fest or something. Um, the, the weirdest part is so I take out the, the I take out the peacock gudgeons throw them back in the tank and I'm ready to like just put them in a I don't know the disposal I'm so pissed off the flushable because tank. you know shrimp yeah uh, shrimp are not, not cheap uh, and they so, basically like in 2004 they didn't even have a lot of neocardinia colors for people that are like really understanding this like this oh, was yeah. The getting shrimp at that time was unheard of, and you had to call in favors for people. I mean, crystals didn't even hit the scene until like 2011 and further. Yeah, all the way back then, that was like, I mean, I think it it was red and then blue and orange came next, I think. But in any case, this, this this was later than that. But they weren't cheap. These were Lucas Brett's LRB Aquatics that, you know, he had some standing in the community. So as oh, this must be 2014 because that, this was your your uh, YouTube channel, oh, which is yeah, still yeah, yeah. prevalent. Yeah, like uh, the, the shrimp thing was emerging then, so still, still just as impactful. Oh no! Uh, oh, I was just uh, I was just saying 2004 is when I, the last time I had kept shrimp before this. Gotcha. Like, and that's when they were brand new. I think, like in as a common, I'm up to as date. a common thing. Okay, and so I put the gudgeons back in the tank whatever they're lame no one cares about them. no one wants to see the gudgeon videos and uh, you know i still actually do like peacock gudgeons and i have a couple but um i put other fish back in there and then i call lucas and i'm all like hey man can i order the same thing i ordered like a month ago and just get another colony going and told him the story and he's like that was dumb you should have put a lid on your your <laughs> your tanks you know and I was like, I know, I know. And everyone had the same thing. Like, duh, that happened. I'm, I still feel like I'm justified in assuming that a fish is not going to leap like three feet down and one foot over to eat all your shrimp. But I might be wrong. I mean, clearly that happened. So that tank, though, I have baby shrimp again in it a few months later. And I'm like, no, yeah, sweet. I'm raising these baby shrimp. And I made sure to move the tanks apart. All good. Did you put up field goal posts? Just be like, clear. <laughs> the gudgeons could not get in. I, I was sure of it. I knew that they would try. What had happened, though, is about two months into it, after I'd re- got the, the new shrimp, and, um, you know, they started having babies. And when the babies are first born, they kind of disappear anyways. You're kind of like, uh, I don't know where they went. Like, I saw that the mom was buried, but it, the babies kind of went away. And so I am looking around and I'm like, man, I thought she had more babies than this, but I don't know. It's planted tank. Maybe they're just missing. And after that, like another week passes and I'm sitting there staring at the tank and I see a gudgeon swim by. And I'm like, what? Did my wife put another gudgeon in this tank? And it was a a little gudgeon. Well, wait a second murdered my shrimp and four and a half months later two baby gudgeons had hid in that tank 
So they had murdered my shrimp and then like had a f- fest <laughs> over the <laughs> dead corpses of my shrimp. Maybe that's why. And Maybe the slaughter and not eating the slaughter of shrimp just got them in the mood. Well, I think I think there's something to that. So if you're trying to breed gudgeons for profit, just <laughs> take them to your friend's house, shrimp. put them in their shrimp tank, <laughs> feed, them, feed them about a hundred dollars worth of shrimp, <laughs> and sell the gudgeons for two dollars a piece. Bentley's house. <laughs> yeah, stepping up. Yeah, but the, uh, the peacock gudgeon. <laughs> Say that yes. one more time. Like the synchronized diving champion peacock gudgeons. Apparently, they're, they're getting yeah. the sticks from the Bulgarian judge. <laughs> I want to see a yeah. competition aquashella of jumping gudgeons. Well, it's kind of, I mean, like, I thought that that was like, what are the chances? Like, cause I thought, you know, most of my fish don't grow very quickly, but apparently peacock gudgeons, you know, most of the fry must have died and it was a well planted tank. So I guess they just, you know, they grew to the size where they could eat baby shrimp quickly within a couple months, but I don't know what all they were eating until then, but that was weird. And the last little thing I had to say, cause because feeding fish, or I mean, I mean, jumping fish are on my mind, is that same store with the cancer kid. We used to have that Oscar for a while. And so we taught him how to jump through a hoop. We, we, we cut the lid of a brine shrimp thing out, like a plastic lid. So it was just the rim, me and this girl that worked there. And we would teach it to jump through in the tank out of the water for a treat for black worms or whatever. And you could get it to jump on command without giving it a treat first after a while. So you can treat, you can teach your fish how to do this. But I didn't really think about it. And we would then taught it how to jump down because he used to have two aquascape cubes. And so the, the girl's idea was, let's see if it can jump through the hoop over the edge down into the other tank. And so she would give it food and taught it how to do that. And then we sold it to that kid. But I was just thinking, man, <laughs> I wonder if we taught that fish how to just jump out of the tank, too. Well, I think like, I sold that. You need to have a new YouTube series. Like, you guys want to hit some subscribers, like, for sure. Like, do a YouTube series, like a four part series of how to teach your fish to jump through hoops and for shrimp or fun. I mean, I either it. or. And people were angry with it. Barnum and Bailey Circus. Be mad, at, be mad at Alex, for gosh sakes. Yeah. That, that's pretty I only great. cattle prod my fish occasionally. Occasionally. Occasionally, yes. Occasionally. The, that, uh, it's easy because you just put it in the tank real lightly, and you get them all. You, you'll never miss. You got another story for us there, Adam? Um, if not, we can go to Jimmy. Well, the one thing I can talk about the time I got something else super dangerous and deadly in my store. All right, hit us quickly. What's her name? Okay. I told you guys the last time about how I had the uh, Arizona bark scorpions. <laughs> a, a little bit, but refresh. Yeah, refresh okay, everybody. So I took these Arizona bark scorpions from this lady at my store, because, and I traded her for like a leopard gecko or something because she was going to give them to the kids at the trailer park or in the neighborhood. And they're not something that you want little kids to have. So I just did the nice thing and took them in. Well, I had gotten a phone call from a lady that knew my store. She was coming back home. She was from Vegas. And whoa, she whoa. goes, let's talk about the spark scorpion. What, why, why are those such a problem? Well, they sting and they're, and they're just, they're communal scorpion. They're actually kind of cool. I'm going to get some again. What? There's <laughs> communal scorpions. Yes. Oh God. I'm haunted. <laughs> Not as haunted as I was when he stuck that tube up your butt. Hey, Sarah's going to come haunt you tonight. <laughs> but, um, anyway, with that tube, all right, so, so they sting you, they're venomous, 
Rob's butt they're, used to have tubes in it. Keep going. There's, they're not really, you know, I would consider them mildly dangerous to children because there's no anti-venom in northern Minnesota. And I don't know how dangerous they could or couldn't be. So I just decided they glue, they glowed under the dark in the under a UV light. They glowed a pretty dark green. So I'm like, yeah, they're pretty dangerous. They had small, small little pinchers. I'm, I took them in. So this lady comes in or she calls me and she's like, I'm a couple hours away from your store. Um, there was a scorpion crawling on my daughter in the car. And I'm just wondering if you could take it because we don't want it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Where were you guys at? And she's like, oh, we were near Arizona, Nevada. And I'm like, okay. I figured it was another Arizona bark. No biggie. She brings this scorpion to me. And the scorpion is big. And it's the sandy brown color. But it's got right below the stinger. It's got a bright, like, neon black. Like, it's a dark black, but it's like a weird color black segment. And I'm like, well, that doesn't look like a... Arizona bark and I'm like it was like closing time so I'm like ah, I'm not gonna worry about it so I dump it in the with the Arizona barks I figure it's fine it'll be it'll be all right so I'm just trying to think in my head what the hell's going on with the scorpion and I talked to the lady and she was gonna come back you know in a day or two so I come back the next day I come in early and I look in my look in my Arizona bark tank that's behind the counter so nobody can get the things my Arizona barks are in a circle, like, you know, the old wagon wheel thing, like the old, you know, Western wagons. Sure. And, and they're all like facing outwards. And then there's parts of scorpions all over my cage. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell happened in here? And I find the other one and I take a, I take the neon green light or the UV light, the black light, and I shine it in my, in my scorpion tank. And then the new scorpion shows up and that thing made the other ones look dull. Like it is the brightest neon green that I have ever seen. Like, you know, this thing is just dangerous as hell by looking at it. So I'm sending pictures to my friends and a couple of vendors. And I finally hear back from, a, I'm like, what the hell is this thing? Cause I don't even know what it was. And I messed with it. I uh, took an adult cricket and I poked at it with the cricket. So it stung the cricket and the cricket just literally twitched and died. And I'm like, well, that ain't good. <laughs> They send me a thing. Well, yeah, but I had a pet store, so I had to deal with everything. Oh, yeah. The, the, if you listen to prior story times, Adam has a history of getting stung by everything. Yeah. And then just kind of yeah. living with it and, and not, not going to the medical doctor. treatment. Yeah. Northern Minnesota, they don't got the anti-venom. I'm That's, just going to write this out. Yeah. Yep. Adam doesn't have erectile dysfunction. He has erectile overreaction. <laughs> Sounds like he has a reptile and insect dysfunction. Yes, he, he does. does. He does have a reptile dysfunction. So... So I, I get a, I finally get a, a phone call from one of my vendors and it's one of my reptile vendors on the West coast. And he goes, dude, what the hell did you, where did you get that? I'm like, I don't know. Some lady brought it in. I don't know much about it. She brought it in. I was going to close. I threw it in with the Arizona bark scorpions. It ate a bunch of them. I'm guessing it's hungry. Can you tell me what the hell it is? He goes, I'm pretty sure that's a death stalker scorpion. <laughs> what the, where the hell did that come from? I'm like, he goes, I don't know, but you can't touch it because it will kill you in 15 minutes. Like, is that a guaranteed going to kill me in 15 minutes? Yeah, you're going to die. They call it Deathstalker for a reason, dumbass. Like, he was a good oh he God. was a good friend. Like, you know, Jim would call me a dumbass. You are a dumbass. So, well, yeah. Are these things so, native in, in Arizona? <clears throat> no. I find the lady comes back a couple days later, and I'm like, this thing, how did you get this? And she goes, well, we were visiting friends in Vegas, and the husband just came back from Iraq, put his bags, 
his duffel bag near our luggage. And then we loaded up our luggage after we said our goodbyes, you know, and everything, because it's a Minnesota goodbye. So it's like four hours later. And they loaded it in the car. Well, the daughter said icky, and the scorpion was crawling up her leg. Brushed it, yeah, brushed it off her leg, and the mom caught it in a because it was they had the AC going, so it wasn't going very fast. The mom caught it in a cup and then brought it to me in like a McDonald's cup. And I'm like, you're very lucky because I was told by a vendor that this is a death doctor scorpion. And if she'd have been stung, she'd have been dead because there's no anti, there's nothing. You're just pretty much SOL. So I had to move the death doctor. After a quick look, that's a venomous scorpion. Yes. Wow. And And then then the cops came and. There's a couple variations of going even further. Like there's the yellow ones. Apparently the black ones are the worst. Like the yellow ones, they say aren't particularly lethal unless you have your elderly, a child, or have some sort of, like, heart condition. But the blacker ones are the ones that have the uh, the real real problem. They're from Israel? Well, that's what I couldn't figure out, is how the hell it got to Iraq from Israel, but I don't ask questions. There, there even I has a, not a long walk. There's a legality <laughs> qu- a clause on these. They're illegal and highly regulated on most countries. Laws prohibiting even keeping them in general. Only certain zoos with licenses can have them for educational purposes. I can buy one for 15 bucks tomorrow. <laughs> I'm I assuming there's, yeah, there's a few different kinds. I, I want to I talk about the elephant in the room that nobody's asked about yet. And, and I know it's on everybody's mind. So when you shine the black light in your tank with the Death Stalker and the other ones, did all the little pieces of the other ones just kind of glow too? So it was like really pretty? They did. <laughs> So it was kind of like looking was, into a starry night down I was in your ask tank. Why he had Pretty stains much. all over his face, and, <laughs> you know, with the, with the glow of light. But never mind. But no, it's so that was the death stalker, and then you know, I got in an argument with the police department, and they wanted really? to kill it, and I didn't want to, and yeah, the the cop got they got mad because there was an ordinance in Grand Rapids saying no exotics, so they tried to get me to get rid of all like my reptiles, and I'm like, look, if it wasn't for me. You guys would have this type of shit running around, and I showed her the Death Stalker and then the there you go. Bark Scorpions, and she got pissy with me, and I said, "Fine, I won't take cats in anymore," and I or kittens. So I just made sure all the kittens went to her. And after about two days, they caught. They decided that they were going to let me keep whatever I wanted within reason. <laughs> no but, lions, yeah. tigers, and bears. Oh my! Well, it was just stupid. I mean, I was there. I helped out. I took care of stuff for them. I made sure it was stuff that they didn't have to deal with. And I, they didn't I, even realize it was going on until I, because I would take it. Now, did, you know? didn't you go a couple of times before the police department and capture snakes, if I remember right? Yeah, I had to catch a couple. Then I got called to, um, the... Where do you live again? I lived in northern Minnesota, in Grand Rapids. Oh, okay, like Duluth? Oh, okay. Yeah, I lived about an hour and a half, what is it? From Duluth. South of, north of Duluth. Um, way up there. No, yeah, way, way up oh, there. Oh, you betcha. I had, I had gotten a phone call from... The Duluth Police Department at one time, because some guy had a cobra loose in his apartment complex, and then Sherry yelled at me because I was going to go get it. And then they had some guys from the cities drive up to go catch it. But yeah, I I, I mean, I would I was the one that would deal with this stuff because nobody else would. And so the cop just kind of pissed me off. I did kill it eventually because it just got too dangerous because the kids all knew that it was in the store. So if I was helping customers, they'd try to sneak behind the counter to look at it, and I'm like, nah, done. 
I'm just glad you didn't take the same, you know, precautions like you did with the the lionfish or any of the other stuff, you know. Or you called me <laughs> and your doctor. Kept it in the tank for a few months. Like I'd feed it and stuff. It was fun to have. You're you're a sick human being. <laughs> Let's just feed it more scorpions because Thunderdome. Oh, scorpions are expensive. That's it. This podcast is now Storytime Three: The Thunderdome. Thunderdome. That's what it is. I got a quick thing for, for, for Bentley real quick, and I don't know if Bentley's heard this or not. Earlier, you're, t- you're talking about sports cards. You're talking about uh, magic yep. cards. And Rob does have a huge collection of magic cards, which huge. I make a lot of fun of. I make a lot of money. And so, Bentley, if you need some, let me know, because a lot of times Rob's isn't home, and I can just steal them. But did, <laughs> did you happen to see... He's got a cheap one called Black Lotus. There we steal go. That one. No, no, no. Trop, uh, I have the uh, um, uh, Underground Sea. There you go. Wow, I don't even know where to start nice. looking. This just happened last week, and I don't know if you caught it. We all know who Rob Kardashian is, and Rob Kardashian. Whoa, whoa! You got to remember that our our listeners he, are mixed. Some of them dog? are your age, some of them are uh, my age. And who, who does not know about the Kardashians? Uh, I don't think I don't people know about, about Dad Kardashian. Kardashian, which is the guy that helped get uh, OJ Simpson off. Yeah, there's there's lawyer Kardashian that saved OJ. Right, right. They're best friends. Right. So could do continue now. This is Rob, that. the son. And we all know the Kardashians have a little bit of money. A little bit. Just a little bit of money. Here's what the SOB hit last week. Uh, Rob Kardashian hit the football card equivalent of the lottery this week, pulling an insanely rare Tom Brady card that could be worth about $250,000. Here's the deal. Rob is a massive sports card collector who's been buying boxes of rare cards from his pals over at the Bullpen Card Shop in Los Angeles. About 3 o'clock in the morning, on Tuesday morning, Rob is feeling the urge to buy a case of 2020 panini mosaic choice hobby cards which comes with 20 boxes of cards no word how much rob paid for the case but they usually run around about ten thousand bucks it ain't exactly a cheap hobby anymore so this is like at at two three o'clock in the morning rob calls up his his card buddy at the shop you just get that urge you need to crack some cardboard crack y'all yeah and so rob couldn't personally make it to the store which i'm assuming because he's too drunk or too high so he gave the green light to the guys at the bullpen to open it on his behalf and even allowed him to stream it on IG Live. And he hit some big cards. There were some cool... uh two of, too rich. Yeah. Uh, he got about four or five cards, uh, but the biggest one was the Tom Brady card. Um, so they'll figure he's probably going to gain about three to $400,000 from this one box of cards. We're so, in the wrong business. I know. I'm just so mad. Well, now that you got us craving cardboard crack, you got a story? Do I have a story? I, I do have a, a cute little story, which involves the same spot uh, when I w- went to this little town of Frazee. And so now... Now that you've been making out with Sarah the ghost. Yeah, this is a couple of months later now. I'm still at the uh, same old place where the it used to be the funeral home. But no, I don't go there at night. <laughs> I go there in the afternoon. I'm out of there by 6 o'clock at night. I'm just not going to be there during evening hours. So um, I'd gone over to Brainerd, Minnesota. There was an older gentleman named Joe who I would buy angelfish from. And he would have, uh, he sold a lot of black angelfish to me. So I went over to uh, Brainerd, which is about 90 miles away. I came home. I had 350 angelfish in one bag with about eight gallons of water in there. When I came home, I, I took it out of the back of my minivan. Now you have to realize this is an hour and a half drive home and I've got plenty of tanks uh, ready for these fish. And when I picked up the box, the bottom of the box broke, the bag hit the ground, and in front of the funeral home, the bag fell out, and all the fish went floating down the street because it was downhill. And so I had all those hundreds of angelfish, you know, going down the gutter 
uh, through the rocks and the glass and the garbage and stuff. And so I'm also just in panic mode with a, I had to go get a bucket of water and I'm just grabbing the nets and fingers. And I'm throwing these fish in as fast as I can as we're going down the stream. And anyway, little do I know is that they took my picture. Uh, the, the city uh, newspaper was just down the street. <laughs> and the headlines were, the headlines were, local man brings minnow races back to Frazee. <laughs> Is this, I gotta get a copy of this. This is the Frazee paper? Yes. Oh, You're I gotta find a picture. It, local man introduces goldfish into lake. Or right? Something. Yeah. No Some horrible. Minnow racing. Into, minnow racing. They used to have minnow racing apparently years ago. That's actually still a big they thing in a couple like of towns around us. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I got a lot of crap about that, but that's, uh, then, I, then I moved out of that town. For those that are listening, um, I want you to do us a favor. Uh, Frazee, Minnesota, they have no. a local paper. Find that, put the picture on, email it to us. Whoever can find that first, I will give a t-shirt to, a Graham Guys t-shirt. And this was probably about 15 years ago. Done. All right. There, there I said it here live. Maybe someone live on Discord will already do it. Who knows? But uh, we'll look out for that t-shirt. So uh, who won the race? Who won the race? <laughs> you or did you rip your pants? Uh, I will say this, that several of those fish looked like they had been played baseball and slid into third base because they were pretty scuffed up. It was a pretty sad ordeal. And it was, and the nice thing was, too, it was fall. So it was like, you know, pretty dang cold out. And by the time I got done, I was pretty upset. It was Sarah. It was you could just hear, like, you dumped the fish. <laughs> Probably. Hackling in the background. I wouldn't doubt it one bit. Well, as, as long as they weren't swimming to the Thunderdome. I mean, that's <laughs> the theme today. Well, the, a few did go down the sewer drain. That a few of them did make it to the bottom of the hill. They're just, <laughs> they're still there. They're probably they're, still they're there. chilling with Sarah. Oh, all right. Well, I, I think I'll uh, finish up then. Um, I swear, nothing will go up my butt for this next story. Um, you guys got to do a couple of stories that weren't necessarily fish related, so I'll I'll, I'll hit an embarrassing one again. Um, My computer's going to die, and I love you. I just want you to know that. All right, Alex, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. If you disconnect, join on your phone. Um, we, we forgive you. But okay. um, as, we, uh, as we finish up here, um, I'm married to my wife now, I have to think about this, eight, nine years, right? And I am 30 years old. This I year. like how you look at me for, like, an answer. Right, I'm just, yeah. I have to look, look at something <laughs> right. bewildering so I feel better. So I think it's eight, yeah, eight, nine years. And I it was old fashioned, right? We met in high school and we uh, dated since I think 2008. So we, we've been together a while, right? And I, I'm being old fashioned, right? I was always the one that didn't want to move in with, with someone, you know, stick to abstinence, you know, have my first time be with my wife when we're married, that whole thing. So the only th thing I found acceptable was uh, that I, you know, if we're going to live in the same house, it's going to be with my parents because I'm dumb, right? I'm dumb. So we're dating, and uh, sound like a fun dude. Hey, oh man, like you guys have a way better story. You didn't stick air holes up or airlines up your ass. You, you guys had you know money making schemes. I had none of this. So I, I, you kind of remind me of Howard from Big Bang Theory. I'm the dude that kept weird shit in jars, and then uh, you know clearly real shit in jars. <laughs> Literal, uh, shit in jars. literal shit in jars it's another story from another podcast we just did i think it was like last week but my parents have a nice, uh, pretty big house i grew up on a small lake it's a private lake and my parents had an obsession with having a ton of dogs at night my parents didn't feel like they needed to take out the dog so i was the one that took the untrained 
dogs. I, to this day, I hate having dogs. I love Jimmy's dog. They're trained. They're wonderful. They got like little collars to make sure they stay at home. You know, I didn't have any of that, so I had to walk my damn dogs. And they had like six, seven dogs at any given time. So I had to go out and walk the dogs at night. And we, I do them a couple at a time or one at a time. So we had this little Pekingese with us. And uh, for those that don't know, it's like a pug, but longer hair, longer body. It's a disposable dog. Gross looking. It dies you flush. Pom-pom looking piece of shit. So um, get outside. And my parents have an elevated house because they put it onto a, a basement. I'm sticking to abstinence, right? I, I haven't seen my wife, you know, completely nude at this time. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it for you, Jimmy. I'm sorry. So um, I'm outside doing the dogs. She's in her own room on the one side of the house. And as I'm taking the dogs, the dog's sitting there and he starts taking a, a piss in front of me. And I have a thing where wherever I'm at, I seem to swallow things randomly, like bugs continually. If some, I'm by a tank, I'm, I'm the guy that grabs the hose, swallows tank water. I once had uh, not only tank water, but I sucked a fish, swallowed it in my mouth, and choked on it. I have a long history of just swallowing random shit. No matter where I go, it could be a bug, could be anything. So, given <laughs> this special talent... I have 100 one-liners, and I'm not going to say any of them. I appreciate that. You're, you're a kind gentleman that understands my problems on this episode. So, I'm taking out the dog, and I, I'm not paying attention, and I look up in the window... Like there's no blind on the window and the and it's open to just the screen. I'm not hearing anything. I'm kind of focused on the dog. I'm just sick of having the, the damn dog I got to take outside. And all I do is hear a small noise. I look up and about three feet from my head is the person that is now my wife getting undressed. But she's kind of, you know, derriere to the window. She just pulled down her pants and her entire back end side was like two to three feet from my from my face. And this was the first time I've ever seen that, much less had this view of uh, my wife's downstairs. And uh, <laughs> at that very moment, it was like the world came to one and Sarah, no, I'm kidding. And uh, a bug, a giant June beetle. Like if you've seen these June bugs, they're huge sons of bitches. Flies into my mouth as I'm going, huh? And just grabs that diddler on the back of your throat and holds on for dear life. Like it's a stripper pole and he's trying to make some ones. All right. Just holds on for dear life. And that's a big some bitch. You need to Google these things if you've never heard of a June bug if you're in another country or whatever. And just holds on. So now take it from my wife's point of view. This is mine. I go <gasps> gasping because it's the first time I've seen my wife's hoo-ha. And... Future wives who, uh, who haunt at this point, right? And <laughs> just sitting there and just holding on for dear dear life. And at that moment, I go, <gasps> what are you holding on to? Here's me gasp, and then immediately following with projectile vomiting. Just, Bleh! like, inches away from a peeing dog right in front of me. Just grabs on. I have a really big gag reflex. I try to swallow and vomit all over, like a cartoon. So my wife turns around, sees that I'm puking at the sight of her lovely lady parts and will not talk to me for like four days. I had uh, in the doghouse. It's all over. Fluke you, June bugs. My uh, that was like the most demeaning part of my life, even even past the airline tubing. my body. That is so disturbing in so many ways. Right. So that was the uh, wonderful moment I was trying to save for my wedding day. And uh, it was so much worse. Than I would have. <laughs> You do know that you've said this on a 
podcast, and I, I'm going to make sure that your wife knows about this. Oh, I'm going to tell her when I oh, leave. No. She's up. Thanks, Thanks, Jim. I'm going to find her. Yeah, I don't know who I'm airline. <laughs> airline up the derriere. Airline up the derriere. Slightly, just enough any. to make a fart noise. We've talked about First time I see lady stuff, vomit. Yeah, First time I see specifically my wife's. But then brags that he has an, an incredible gag reflex. I like, do. Like he really held back. I'm easily grossed out. I, I, you said something before, Bentley. I, I It wasn't coming in. Oh, it's just like, we're going down the series of things here. We, we've got airline tubing up derriere, swallow nearly anything, throw up the first time we see the lady bits. <laughs> Are we sure that the wife is not a cover story? Yeah, oh, I guarantee you she is. <laughs> you, yeah. There's other stories to go along with it. I'm, I'm going to go upstairs and make sure she has lady parts. <laughs> I apologize in advance, but I'm doing it. So the moral of the story is uh, don't go outside when there's June bugs. Don't use airbind pumps except for their intended use. And uh, above all else, you don't put fish in for a Thunderdome. Don't borrow money from Bentley. <laughs> don't buy reptiles from Adam. Yeah, and uh, get uh, get a power cord for your computer, Alex. So uh, <laughs> and ensure proper gaseous exchange right. with your weather coach. With your weather, locals. you know, between Bentley and Alex tonight, I think I should buy them each like an aquarium glass, you know, top or something because they seem to have problems with <laughs> something, stuff. something, or at least a, at least a trophy of making it through the battle of this podcast. Well, gentlemen, you have any other closing notes? I will take your shocked and horrible faces as a uh, note of how well we did this podcast. So again, if you guys feel bad for me, want to buy Adam a new microphone, go to the Aquarium Guys podcast website, uh, aquariumguys.com, and on the bottom, you can send some uh, some financial stimulus our way to keep the lights on. We appreciate it also. You know, support our sponsors. They support us. And uh, thanks to Joe uh, again for sponsoring the podcast. He, I think he uh, left to hear a little bit ago, but uh, thank goodness he didn't hear that last story. Um, I'll give a free T-shirt for whoever finds the picture of Jimmy in the paper from years back. Crazy Minnesota, hunt it down. I, I'm, I'm free gonna, T-shirt. I, I'm going to go out and get some money and buy some soap. I just want to get rid of this funk that's hanging on me right now. I feel like I've been through a shit show. Just scrub it down. Just scrub it down. I feel like I was violated. In so many ways. <laughs> Before we go, don't forget to go to Bentley Pasco. Pasco. Damn it. It's like Tabasco. Go to Bentley Pasco's <laughs> YouTube channel right now. It is in the show notes. If you don't subscribe, I'm going to force uh, you know Jimmy to eat more June books. So uh, also, <laughs> Secret History, Living in Your Aquarium. Go on that one as well. It's in there. Thank you, Alex. I know your battery died. Um, go like and subscribe. All right, guys, until next week, we'll... Uh, Maybe we'll be on here. <laughs> <laughs> fluke you, Go bug. fluke yourself. <laughs>